everybody, and welcome to episode 509 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Marco Villalpando Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Earth 2, DC Phase 1 character, Chris Antista. And I am Matthew Allen, and I am Buffo for Bill. Jesus. <laughs> and special guest. Hi, I am Clover Studio's own T.L. Foster. I'm not hey. from Clover Studio. But, maybe. I, I do speak English. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm back. T.L. Yay. from Welcome to the Thing, the Bro, podcast yeah. you can get right now. Welcome to the Thing, a podcast you can listen to on all your streaming services. Oh. I'm wearing the shirt. Mm. You don't see it, people, but I'm I wearing like the, the shirt. shirt. It's pretty cool. It's a really good shirt. Um, Where did that logo, logo come remind from? me of? I made the logo. Oh, well, <laughs> it's very nice. But what does it yeah. remind? It reminds me of something specific. Is it going for something seventies, eighties? It's more like yeah. It's going more like I. It's it's I. It's designed like off like a lot of the soul aesthetic from yeah. like seventies, like black exploitation, like. It's not the super five font, but it's like very it similar. Kind of looks like the super. That's yeah. what it is. It's a very, it's a very <laughs> retro. What it is. But yeah, us in uh, this month, in this of Black History Month, right? Uh, welcome to the thing. Yes, is a welcome podcast. to Black History Month. <laughs> welcome to Black History Month. Uh, welcome to the thing is a podcast I do with myself, uh, Jared Green, Emma Watkins Jr. Uh, we talk about uh, culture and games and television around the lens of being three black men on the internet. It's a fun time. We have a good time doing it. So, uh, and I why love can't I come show. on? The, a movie has led me to believe that if Jonah Hill can do it, I can too. <laughs> I refuse to watch that movie. I refuse. I saw the scene of the oppression Olympic scene, and I was like, I can't watch this. I can't do it. I won't do it. I won't. I, I can't. I can't sit through that. Uh, we there. There needs to be a movie. A movie about interracial dating. That's not just cringy to the core like the comedy just can't be hey these two people are marginalized let's keep on doing like we gotta we gotta get past that we gotta get past that what's people. the movie Murphy, called you do better you uh, people it's oh. yeah it's called you people <laughs> which like already i'm just like big i said no it with vibes. the i said it with the worst inflection mm, on yeah. purpose but yeah it, it i not to review movies on the show because i haven't even seen the whole thing it is a run-of-the-mill romantic comedy seen 11,000 times before with language and scenarios I've never seen before. So it was interesting, but it is hyper formulaic and happy. But whatever yeah. happened to Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who, baby? Guess who yeah. decided let's remake <laughs> Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah. Uh, a good movie you should actually watch. Actually watch that movie. The original. Uh, You're yeah, guess who's coming to dinner, one. not yes. guess who. Not guess who, okay, please. Yeah, that's going to say. <laughs> that uh, would align with TL's taste preferences. <laughs> please <laughs> don't give Ashton Kutcher any more money. He has the, that 90 show. He's getting mm -hmm. money. Sure. He got yeah. to star in one of three or four Steve Jobs uh, biopics, so he's, he's good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be a fun show. We've got... A ton of new releases that have come out oh. since the last time that we recorded, including like we, we recorded last week's show before the Microsoft showcase. Sorry. So we totally missed the release of Hi-Fi Rush, but we will talk about it this week. A bunch of other cool stuff, including the, the remaster of a game that inspired this week's top five topic. What? 
which is pause music. <laughs> Hell yeah. It, it sounds really dumb when I say it out loud, but when you, when you hit start in most games, what happens? A little pause menu comes up, and it, usually things go silent. But every once in a while, a special piece of music plays. And the games that do this are... Rarer than I thought they were, actually. Nowadays, like, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I found a bunch of examples, but like, you know, really standout examples was a little more difficult. I, I think I think the, the idea essentially became like, just because you can put music here doesn't mean that you should. Because when mm-hmm. I hit pause, what if I'm trying to have a conversation or yeah, I want the exactly music? Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Typically, <laughs> like, when I pause what? a game, I need to not focus on that game. You know, mm, right? Yeah, and a pause means pause. Not always. Yeah, but some, yeah. you know, soft ambient music. Maybe you're sitting right. in a comfortable chair and you're just fooling yourself into thinking, oh, I can close my eyes for just five minutes. And so you hit pause and you nod off and then soothing music comes over oh. the, your headphones and keeps you in your chair until 3 a.m. when you wake up with a start and wonder what you're doing with your life. All, all I know, Michael, is in about 30 years, retirement homes are going to be fucking lit. Dude. The mm. land parties are going to be amazing. Fucking neon tubing everywhere. Land parties. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will all be in bed by 5 p.m., but before mm-hmm. like 3.30 to 5, it's going to be amazing. By the time I'm in a retirement home the only music i want playing over the loudspeakers is 2000 era dvd menu music that was what i ended up falling asleep to a movie going oh, back to the menu and just playing a worst 30 <laughs> seconds of music over and over and over again to where you think you wrote it <laughs> it's I, in your I, once, brain. I was living in an apartment once where that same music was blaring from the next door neighbor's apartment for not like just overnight days like i think they left like on vacation right. or something and left it going for days oh, like God. i was yeah it was insane i was i was driven insane it was bad i i know like for me i have like the menu music to rush hour two in my head like i can tell you exactly when it skips and it goes back because <laughs> you do things but like michael when you sent the list i initially had thought uh i was like oh a perfect one for me was like the was Mario three because like it's great music, but like you said, it's not a pause music. That's the overworld theme. Mm-hmm. So like I'm thinking, it's like yeah, I just know that 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 is like but wait, that's not pause music, right? So it's mm-hmm. it is it is very telling because you would think a lot of older games and there are older games that are on the list that would be like you stop and then go through, but a lot of it was just like you hear the pause jingle. And then it was nothing, and then you'd pause back in, and the music would go back. Yeah, in, yeah. Right? Maybe if you're lucky, the music keeps going, and everything else just hangs. Love good pause jingle. Good pause, yeah. Like pause jingle is kind of a thing of the past too. It's it's like yeah, like Nintendo. I guess Mario games probably mm-hmm. be one of the most famous. The ding a ding Konami. But it's yeah, it, like nowadays, if you even get music, it, it, here's the thing: if a though, game like, even pauses, well, yeah, that's games the thing. Don't even <laughs> nowadays though, the, the pause as an Xbox owner is. The only true way to be sure that a game's going to pause is I go to my home menu because it, it has yeah. to put them in that suspense, suspense. state. You know? Yeah, because I, I know I've paused a bunch of games and like doesn't count as pause music if the game's radio is playing underneath the pause, which I think happened in like Far Cry 6. The ambient music would still play. Uh, mm. GTA, I think it can do it. Uh, yeah, that's not pause music. That's regular music that plays during the pause menu. Hmm. Well, interesting you should bring up those examples. We might revisit one or two of them. Oh! But let's begin with the game that is 
the reason we're doing this list in the first place. Number five. Oh. <laughs> had the worst idea. <laughs> you, <laughs> you Hold know. on to it. Oh, look at that. It's Pierce Brosnan jamming out at a bunch of wine glasses. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, <laughs> you, you know that some guy has absolutely gone to his girlfriend, hey baby, I got the perfect music to put on. Right <laughs> and tried to get down to that song. And then I it's, mean, you he, know, Seabat by Hudson Mohawk. Yeah, I'm about to say, yes. he joked. But that is like that's a very like it's a quiet storm, baby. That's got the rhythm, it's baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, this has been I've, I've been seeing this pop up a lot lately. There's like you know a, a TikTok video from last year that's been making the rounds about like oh man, listen to this jam and it's like you know the pause music. Uh, so this apparently this this was made by Grant Kirkhope. He said it took him about twenty minutes. To compose it, how? And really, it's it's just you know the the classic Bond theme, but kind of slowed down with sort of a, a lounge sensibility and a few extra N sixty four ambient noises. Yeah, like when yeah. when a sad moment happens with the Brady Bunch. Mm. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, or, say, or like an NFL injury. It's like, oh, we're going to go back to commercial. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. But I, I also just love the the conceit that like no, it's he's looking at his watch and like this is how he selects his weapons and stuff. Yeah. Going through menus on his watch that just freezes time, even oh, so if he looks at it in the middle of a firefight. That's his menu theme. Mm-hmm. That's Bond. I see. It's like his Apple Watch menu theme. Yeah. Or, okay. Well, I mean it, that that's one way to look at it. I didn't think the watch was playing the music, but uh, it sounded like you did. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it would not have sound, sounded that good. It would have been like little little tinny sounding. I must say, is he so? Is he like humming that in his head? He's just like, all right. He has to be really full of himself to hum his own theme music. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> James if you Bond had a theme song. You would hum it, wouldn't does, you? Does he I would. know his theme? Yeah, music? I guess that's I the would. question. Yeah, no argument. Has James Bond ever heard the James Bond theme? This is oh my god. Hmm. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, one of those movies had had to be like his fucking. Motorola ringtone or something in his right. shitty Audi. Probably. <laughs> I mean, yes, but he's only heard that one Madonna song, the Die Another Day song. That's the only song he's heard. So you can kind of hear some of the DNA of that music. Um, Perfect Dark, the spiritual successor to Double o- GoldenEye 007, uh, also had pause menu music that sounded like this. Some similarities there. Yeah, I almost yeah. got litigious there for a second. Very similar, but you know, it sounds a little bit more, a little bit more sci- sci-fi, a little bit more cyberpunky. It's, it's on the same, same, using the same hardware though. Yep. Yeah. Key change, even. Oh man, it's it's like at uh, least a magn- order of magnitude more elaborate than. I feel like I'm VGM, VG Empire, and I wish I had any music terminology. Used. Yeah. <laughs> Once again. I mean, the thing with the thing with that. I mean, the the great thing about like when the N sixty four came out is initially having Grant Kirkhope kind of like doing a lot of that music, kind of like set like a ground floor of like, hey, if you want to make this thing sound good, 
here's what you need to do. It's mm. kind of like the things that like Sega did, like why the Sonic games sound so unique than any other Genesis game because people didn't know what they were doing. It was kind of like people would like take what Grant Kirkhope did. It was like, okay, it is well, possible. this is how we work with this. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's always first party games or, or I think Rare was second party to Nintendo back then. It was like, might as well have been first party. It's like, yeah, right. they will get sort of access to the engineers who design the hardware to really learn how to get the most out of those at the time sound chips you know so yeah i get you yeah grant kirkhope i believe did both of those we will probably be talking about grant kirkhope quite a bit in this this episode but uh for now let's move on to number four Any guesses as to what this is? Your company made this, Chris. It's not my company, but I know. Well, say, you know that, is I de- that is definitely... A uh, company uh, you used to work at made it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mega Man 4? Mm-hmm. No, this is Gun Smoke or Gun Dot Smoke. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Legally distinct because we left a period in there. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Not based mm-hmm. on the TV show, no. Starsky and... Uh, Utch. Like, yeah. it's, it's a <laughs> we put problem. an apostrophe after the H. <laughs> it's, it's There's an extra capitalized yeah. letter. He's That's from Dune. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Gunsmoke, uh, if you never played it, it was uh, a, a shmup, but set in the Old West. So, basically, imagine a space shooter style game, uh, overhead scrolling, uh, or you know, vertically scrolling, but you're a moving cowboy who's who's shooting at <laughs> bandits cowboy. and other stuff. Yeah, well, you know, you, you have little animations. <laughs> it's so, true. Yeah, it's uh, it, basically it's it's a reskin space shooter as a western. Uh, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun on NES. Like I remember the the kind of unique thing about it was like, oh, B button shoots to the left, A button shoots to the right, and you hold both down to shoot straight ahead. And uh, then every time you hit pause, you get that badass menu music. As you get to select from your various weapons, the period accurate six shooters, shotgun, uh, machine gun. This is an 1849, by the way. Uh, the smart bomb, right, very you know essential piece of a cowboy's arsenal. This this music was composed by Junko Tamiya as as mm-hmm. swimmer Tamichan. That was that was her uh, alias. That for whatever reason, Capcom developers like to use cutesy aliases a lot in the credits. Hey man, nicknames are cool. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's cool to have a, like, a cool nickname. <laughs> K-chan and K-chan's mama. Stuff like uh, that. I was looking at this, and we don't want other employers to poach you. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but I, I, I will say, I mean, she, she, I mean, then she goes on to do like the music and composes uh, Little Nemo, hmm. which is like amazing, such good music. But like, like you, like we said earlier, again, when you think about like a lot of these, the great thing about like when you listen to like some of this music, especially like the pause music, like you can see where, like, a lot of DNA is in mm-hmm. it, right? And you can see, like, Chris, like you said, you, like, you, your yeah, mind like goes Mega to Man. Mega Man. Right, your mind yeah, goes yeah, to Mega yeah. Man because of, like, how mm. it, how it, how the composition is. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just, it's so cool. I love music. It's so good. That's, that's my <laughs> best analysis. It's just, yeah. it's so good. I've never played Gun Dot Smoke, uh, but I want to now. I'm just listening to yeah, them, like, I, I, Rented it as a kid. It was a lot of fun. There's an arcade. Yeah, it was based on an arcade version, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think you may still be able to get. No, probably not. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to check, by the way. Good, but, good plan. Uh, the arcade <laughs> version has very different music, though. And so. no pause music, because it's a no. fucking arcade game. You can't pause it in an arcade. Yeah. You just... Actually, put more quarters in, please. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, the, the closest you get to a pause is the 10-second countdown, like, oh, can you run back to the change machine in time and get more tokens before someone sidles in and hammers on the button so that it starts over? You bother your mom at the glamour shots while she gets pictures of the kids she likes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the days. Uh, all right. Um, moving on. This is going to be a quick one. We've got a lot to cover this show. Number three. Genuinely embarrassed by how many of these I have on vinyl. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I know Michael really wants us to hear all of it. It gets real good in a second. <laughs> I. It, <laughs> no, these are these are all under thirty seconds. You no, know, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a fat polar bear going to work. <laughs> yeah. I, now, if I, I didn't, I, if I didn't know what this was, I probably would have guessed Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, see, I would have I would have guessed Stardew Valley because I haven't oh, heard banjo yeah. like that in a game since Stardew Valley. Mm, uh, but you have well, you know, it's banjo, fitting that there's so much that. banjo in Banjo Kazooie. Kazooie, yeah, yep. The thing about it, the animation nerd in me, what I what I love about it is it has a lot of trope that you would like assign to like old animation music. Like that is very like it. Like when you hear that pause music, it it sounds very rubber hose animation esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes any sense to anybody, no, it like does. it just it feels like that bounces. And I, I think that's one of the things I, that... I literally hear a bear in that, and I don't know if it's right. just the country bears and the banjo. It, and... Yeah, I think I think you have that as the same association I do with bears and banjos, <laughs> country yeah. bear jamboree. Yeah, it's just I don't know, it, especially like for that being pause music. Like this is a game where. Like Chris said, like you getting the vinyl of Banjo Kazooie, it's a probably a perfect video game soundtrack. Uh, but like the pause music of having like that slowed version and just like the minimalist of like losing instrumentation and just having it slowed down just makes you like it's it is one where you'll just pause and be like, I'm going to sit on my Game Boy <laughs> and grind in Pokemon while I listen to the Banjo Kazooie pause menu. And I don't, I don't remember what the save functionality was, but I remember kind of not trusting it and leaving a lot of N64 games on pause hmm. overnight. So, like, I've heard this so fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do that a lot too. I, I stopped trusting yeah. that when I stopped playing cartridge based games, though. Yeah, but yeah. So the musical pause screen hijinks continued into the sequel, Banjo Tooie. Or got some West Side Story snap in there. Yeah. More bass inflected than, than the other one. Like I, <laughs> I'm seeing bassoon, banjo. Uh, I mean, an approximation of it, right? Yeah, I think it's it is, supposed to be yeah. being a bassoon. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is definitely. It is. It is that would like it's. It is a. It is a. If it is a brass, it is like you said, like a tuba, but it is like more like a very deep woodwind, right? Like a bassoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say control. I. I, yes. I hear that music. I see banjo with like a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> 
did like <laughs> just like, just lighten up during looking at his phone during the pause screen waiting on you like not a few things sadder than just the guy lighting up a cigarette on the pot just taking a shit like lighting up a cigarette there on the shitter yeah yeah just, and, just then, and then putting it out in the toilet bowl now that's mm-hmm. conquers yeah. yeah that's that's more of a conquer thing um conquer has no battle. no pause music i was very disappointed apparently there's oh, like with the demo of Conquer Live and Reloaded, there may have been like you know a, a, a parody of like inspirational World War II documentary style music that um, very very patriotic and uh, but anyway um, Banjo Kazooie that that is not the end of Banjo Kazooie's pause music because guess what they did it again for nuts and bolts. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's more instruments. It's much. It's much better, TL. I think it's like an electronic, an electric banjo. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like Emmett Otter is playing it. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Anyway, that game. That is a game. That is a game that happened, but just collectively, <laughs> as a culture, like it very much. we're just like, no, <laughs> that. I, I think you can play it. For, well, no, it's part of the Rare Replay, right? Like, yeah, it's I part have, of Rare I've Replay. I've had yeah. access to that game for years it's in game uh-huh. and never wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in your I, Game Pass it, library. It plays really well up until the point where it like forces you to build shit. Exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know that Banjo 3? What if it was cars? Make a car. Make it, a car. I, I remember <laughs> I downloaded it a few years ago, like around the time of the Switch, and like it's still... Because it may have had like 4K optimization, it may be like the best looking platformer there is. Mm. Very technically, because only Nintendo makes this shit. But uh, yeah, it's I still say it's worth checking out. It's just like every Banjo Kazooie game, it's convoluted and needlessly convoluted and mm. difficult to wrap your head around. You can't just play it. You got to do all this other shit. I I just remember like ha- I have a memory of like trying to play it while visiting my parents. And this was before they had an HD TV. And so in SD, like the subtitles were tiny and all those characters just speak in chirps and burps and shit. Uh, and they're just tiny, tiny subtitles. Like I have no idea what's going on in this cutscene. And I, there's probably something important in there about what I'm supposed to be doing. So let's just play something else. I have a question. Does ukulele have pause music like this? Like the pause menu? Never never got into ukulele. I I played the... There was that follow-up to ukulele, which was the two-and-a-half-D spin-off of it that was okay, but... Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, ukulele, that's... I mean, I think of that as... Obviously, there's a lot of DNA between the two, right? Uh, But... I don't know. I would. I would definitely. I would. I would wonder. Ukulele is. That's another one. It just kind of just happened. Well, here we, we go. Uh, go. Ukulele does have a pause screen with music. Let's hear it. Boom boom. All right. Oh yeah, we're oh back. My at gosh. It. We're back at it. Yes. As yep. legally close as you can get without yep. getting sued. <laughs> yeah, but with some actual orchestration in addition to some N sixty four xylophone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah, because really they're using good. like you know CD audio as opposed to the N sixty four, which is yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh I think Kirk Hope did do the music for ukulele as well, which oh, is why okay. I wondered. So the guy gets around. Yeah. All right, cool. Hey. hey. Also, yeah. we, we, at some point we gotta do a top five about the lost franchises of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh <my laughs> number one, uh, uh well I was gonna say was it recoded what's the fucking Mighty Number Nine? Not Mighty Number Nine, uh, any Friday's other one. Bloodstain? <laughs> 
Uh, no, not uh, Bloodstain. Mighty um, something gun. Recore. Recore. Uh, oh, that. Did that come <laughs> out on Xbox One? That's an Xbox Dude. Game Pass game. Yeah. Yeah, I remember people saying like, that "No, it's a, it's ahead of its time. It's uh, not getting a good reception." But the other one who says that is Greg, and I love Greg, but he's wrong. <laughs> I must, yeah, I think that was Greg. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, oh well. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of Azure Striker Gunvolt. That's another uh, one that I don't know if it ever actually went to Kickstarter, but uh, Inafune did. Um, but yeah, Grant, Grant Kirkcope is getting around on this list. Uh, so is Rare in general, as we'll hear in our... Number two. Yeah! Gotta really let it soak in. Uh, what game is this? Come on, I know you all know. Battletoads. Uh, this is GameStop's own Battletoads. <laughs> Battle <laughs> which finally got a reboot uh, in 2020. And what did they do? They brought back the pause music, baby. Wonderful. But it's slightly different. Like, I, f- I feel like that's one of the big things Battletoads is remembered for, actually. It's like, yeah, it plays this really cool Fun. beat when yeah. you pause it. Well, yeah, something that's indisputably fond a fond memory about Battletoads is that fucking pause music. And in terms of like what I was saying earlier, you can have a badass song in your pause menu, but it should be a little more chill. Yet mm. it's just as kinetic as the rest of the music, but it is much more low key than yeah. what's happening yeah. in the game. I would say with something like this, you want to have memorable pause music because when you stop the game. Because you're crying because you've been down the pit True. so many mm. times, and yeah, yeah, keep dying. So when do we have to get this back cry. to Blockbuster? I can't get past the first jet ski level. <laughs> uh, man, I really like that franchise, but that first game is oh, yeah. cheap. It is, ugh. it's tough. But uh, they they also brought back the pause music for the Super Nintendo Battle Maniacs. This is, you know, a drum fill. I dig it. I dig yeah, it, it fits in well with it, like the, you know, more metal soundtrack that that game had. Yeah. And uh, I still dig it. And I, I I had an ex-girlfriend. I don't know why, but, you know, when we were, like, cuddling and stuff, I'd sort of, like, kiss the top of her head and then blow the Battletoad song into her hair. And she, <laughs> to the point where she, like, what is that? And, like, it's the Battletoad pause theme. So at some point she'd, like, do the Battletoad. that's great yeah man it's good music yeah yeah um and and i also like to point out so it's not part of the battletoads franchise obviously scott pilgrim versus the world with the soundtrack composed by anamanaguchi uh had this great like clearly inspired by battletoads pause theme So now that I think about it, that one might not have been uh, composed by Anamanaguchi. I'm not sure. Prove us wrong. It's 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 this is part of Battletoads' identity. That's why it's such a travesty that the Genesis version of Battletoads did not have pause music. Uh, by the way, speaking of remakes that did not have pause music, Goldeneye came out as Goldeneye Reloaded uh, on Wii and uh, Xbox 360. <laughs> it was basically like. What if instead of Goldeneye, 
it plays like Call of Duty, and we redesign all the characters and events from the movie, uh, and it is kind of weird. But th there's no pause music. You just hit pause, and it's it's just a generic pause menu that pops up. There's no watch that you look at. Bond has a smartphone that you can pull out, but it doesn't pause the game. Like, what is the point of any of this? What if we made a game for no one mm -hmm. that no one likes? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I always get that one confused. I'm like, wait, was that just the remake? Was that the thing that just came out? Like, it, it came and went, and I'm glad I missed it, because... Uh, stay tuned for the second segment to hear my thoughts on Goldeneye. <laughs> Was that the oh, no. one with 008? Like, the fucking... Like, I mean, like, obviously Goldeneye, whatever. But I'm talking about, like, the one where you're playing the, the actual bad guy? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that that I was don't. Goldeneye Rogue Agent, I think. That's, yeah. Yeah, okay, and that's, that's like, you get is. to play as a bad guy. But the thing is, it's like, if, if I get to play as a Bond villain or even a Bond villain's henchman, what I don't want to do is be like, I'm working for Goldfinger as he's attacking Dr. No, and I'm I'm just mowing down Dr. No's goons. It's like, I don't want to fight other villains. I want to fight the good guys. Let me pull some heists or some shit. Let me threaten the world with a super weapon and fight MI6 agents. Come on. Anyway, that's my, my Bond rant. Uh, <laughs> God, you're not that soapbox. Fine, I will. We need to wrap this up anyway, so let's move on to... Some lovely ambient music and what I'm sure is a very peaceful game. Any guesses? Uh, this would be it sounded like a Beach Boys interlude. What the hell was that? <laughs> this would be Grand Theft Auto. Yes, correct. What it says Grand Theft Auto Four? That's specifically the music from the Ballad of Gay Tony, which uh, gets a bit bigger and goes to some interesting places. <laughs> Little bit more instrumentation. But as with all of these sounds, it just kind of, uh, you know, go, kind of goes quiet, then comes back sort of loud, then goes away quiet, then comes back with something else. Um, but what was interesting with Grand Theft Auto 4 in particular, so there, uh, there were three stories that were Grand Theft Auto 4. There was the original mm. vanilla Nicobellic. There, there was Ballad of Gay Tony, where you played Lost as... Lost in the Darned. Yeah, Lost in the Damned. Uh, but each of them had their own distinct pause music. So here's, you know, the vanilla GTA 4 pause music. You go into the map, and... It's just this sort of grinding, foreboding... Sounds like it's being broadcast from wherever the fuck Nico Bellic is from. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like some like Russian folk music, yeah. heavily processed. And yeah. Yeah. It's like sounds like the opening of a Borat movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's echoing off of the belly of like a, a tanker ship that you've stowed away in or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like put the mic over there. Now you play the strings over there. Mm -hmm. That's yes, all the way over Add there. Add more reverb. More reverb. <laughs> Cousin, put on our favorite album from our home country. Yes. He's made like on the wax cylinder. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> gay Tony's on the winning it track. so far. I only have the eight track. But compared to Gay Tony, which sounds like it sounds like you're leaving your body. Yeah, Gay, gay Tony yeah. is like serene club music, and, and it, again, great, great music for putting the game on pause and falling asleep to. Uh, Lost and Damned, less oh, so. <laughs> Grimy. This is America, damn it. Get you a Ford truck. Sounds like somebody dragging a guitar through an industrial lot. It does. It's it's new entrance music to you. It sounds like like you're going to sound (laughs) heavy. You're like... In this music was sampled from an hour and forty-five minutes of silent sequences from mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in the West. Exactly. <laughs> That's we Uncle Howdy's entrance music. Too. <laughs> there you go. We work. We work eighty hours a week. Yeah. That's how we go. Through now, I am. I am so sad to say the only GTA Four campaign I finished was The Lost in the Darned. Oh, I did no. not finish. That's, that's the grimmest one. I yeah, know. Gay Tony's the good one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like. I, I think Grand Theft Auto Four. I think it. I think it rightfully kind of like has fallen off of like the scope of what Grand Theft Auto was, even though like it kind of changed everything because mm-hmm. with moving to the HD, it, console, it like got right? too big for itself. They didn't know it got so big they didn't know what to do with that game. But Gay like. Tony to me felt like the perfect mix of all of that. Like I thought Lost yeah. and Damned was okay, but Gay Tony was really really good and really fun. Gay Tony yeah. felt like a course correction because I remember like yeah. when when they were doing the marketing for GTA Four, they were saying it's not rags to riches this time; it's rags to slightly better rags. Like they mm-hmm. were trying to tell a more grown-up, believable, gritty crime story. Yeah, if you want jetpacks and shit, yeah. go to fucking Saints Row. We're not doing that with they, GTA 4. Exactly. They, they can eat that lunch. We don't want it anymore. Uh, <laughs> but So, and, and, so you know, it, that kind of left a lot of people cold, including myself, to a certain point. Like, yeah, I respect what you're trying to do, but it's not quite what I wanted from a GTA. And then, yeah, Lost and Dan was like, well, what about that, but even more depressing? And like, uh, yeah, all right, fine, this is okay. And then Gay Tony was like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll do all the fun stuff again. We'll do it. Well, you, you want multicolored parachutes? Fine, but here, ha- have it all. Um, and yeah, it was it's like, all right, well, this is like bringing things back up to like the level of silliness that I had kind of hoped for. But and then of course GTA Five, uh, like just hit a hit a more or less perfect balance of all that stuff, and it also mm-hmm. had its own pause music that it's it's called i think los santos city map by tangerine dream and kind of kind of perfectly establishes the the tone here yeah i love this music i need to leave this pause too much oh tangerine dream also a good straight just saying just gonna throw that out there <laughs> my dad loves tangerine dream so i was pretty surprised <laughs> so i've heard <laughs> I, I mean it sounds like a strain if that's not a strain hey, 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 that hey. should be a strain Jamal Antista does not partake in hippie lettuce. This this music is so good, and I want to like murder aliens in space. Yes, music. <laughs> like, I want. I want a little bit like a History Channel show intro. Music. Like put this in destiny. <laughs> I, I want to watch nineteen yeah. eighties yeah. movies about downtown Los Angeles when I listen to this music. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not quite synthwave, but. But on its way to being sexy. Yes. It is reminiscent yeah. of the soundtrack by Wang Chung 
to the movie that I will remember by the end of this. To Live and Die in L.A. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Yes. <laughs> Which it took heavy inspiration from, I think, the game, just in general. Oh, yeah. That yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's also a good Tupac song. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, it gets good. I prefer the Wang Chung version. Mm-hmm. but <laughs> still, still a little bit proud of my official Xbox Magazine headline when I got to do a cover story on GTA V, and it was just To Live and Die in L.S., like, huh. Oh, dude. Oh, that's I really wish. good. That's really good. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I was there to high five you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. I, I think just just the the variations of the, they they put enough care into like yeah pause menu music. Let's have a different one for each storyline, and it will tell you something. It will it will reflect the tone of each of these stories. Uh, I, I think that's really cool that they did that, and you know I'm. Excited to see what they do for GTA 6 when it leaks again. Um, but in the meantime... <laughs> officially leaks. Officially yeah. leaks. That's it for oh, our top yeah. five. But wait, there's more. Oh, God. Second number zero in two weeks. Uh, you did mention this earlier, TL, but I got to squeeze it in here somewhere because it's awesome. So cool. Mario 2, baby. Mm-hmm. So cool. But so you know what cool. it sounds like? Did you guys ever have... Sorry, should I keep talking, Michael? You want to no, ride this one out? Okay. Did you, did you guys growing up have stereos with with left and right channel mixers? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever do yeah. that thing where you yeah. would just throw it over to a channel and hear how it changed the song and then throw it back? Like mm-hmm. They're doing that in that yeah, remix. Yeah, that's just, some, that's just someone on a mixer board like turning down a channel. Well, that's, like that's I, I had told you, Tail, like it feels like kind of a cheat to call this pause music because it's not really separate music. They're just stripping like one or two tracks out of the the existing music but the fact that it lines up so seamlessly like mm-hmm. yeah it, it's just muting these tracks or this track and then when it comes back it's 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 just like the music picks neat. up exactly where it was yeah like other, like other later mario games did that in their pause menu did they i want to say they did like hmm. 3d world perhaps maybe maybe 3d wrong. world because i know world in three you just hit the and it's just the jingle and then it pauses mm. with no music behind it. Because mm. like I said, with I 3 and World, distinctively, I do remember those screens, but I do remember being younger and being on the actual title screen, and that would be my pause button. So I was, if I was going into a level, I'm just going into level. It's two or three minutes, so I don't have to, I shouldn't have to pause, so I need to pause. That's when I would leave would be in the overworld screen. You it's know, true. we're we're not going to do this, but you know what I should tell the teams who make Sonic games to do is just put the underwater music in the pause menu mm-hmm. to stress people <laughs> and make them <laughs> hurry. No, you need to get back to the game. <laughs> hurry, <laughs> come <laughs> back. <laughs> just, just have it keep speeding up like one of those YouTube videos. <laughs> right. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every every time Jerry Seinfeld says B, the movie speeds up but two times right. or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, but yeah, the, you can hear that through all of the, the game's themes. It's pretty consistent. Like when you go into the underworld. Oh, so good. Very cool. Yeah, there it is. Fucking whips. <laughs> it's so fucking <laughs> rad. Get a melody. 
that's there's got to be someone who learned how how different parts of music was made mm -hmm. by pausing this game and blowing oh, sure. their four four or five year old mind of being like. <laughs> Wait, if I take this part out, what? Like, there's got to be someone who learned like how compositions worked by doing that. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. Um, it even does it with some classic Mario tunes, like the the Starman Invincibility theme. Wow. <laughs> no idea what the baseline was there. Now you know. Yeah, pretty much the same. And finally, of speaking of stressful themes, the Super Mario Brothers 2 boss theme might be like one of the most maddening things to get stuck in your head. Uh, here's what its bass sounds like. Oh, that's fucking rad. It's like a heartbeat. That's bad. I've never noticed that before. This, this show is all worth doing just to do this. <laughs> That's so like, I agree. Yeah, because it's like, that is, I mean, it's just like you said, Matt, it's the stress. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're pausing there, that is literally a heart heart monitor. Like, and you're just like, wait, what's going on? Like, that's... I'm trying to perfect. figure out what time signature that is, because that's not 4-4, four, four, I don't think, and it's not 3-4. It's like 6-4 or some no, weird... It's 6-9. <laughs> nice. Nice. Cool. 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 Sorry. Cool. Uh, but yeah, four twenty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> four twenty time signature. The time signature is hot, Dad. I get it. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. It, that's Koji Kondo, right? Yeah. Like Koji Kondo. Yep, Koji Kondo. Music for that. Mm -hmm. It's just like literally a genius. Like, like literally, someone who saw the saw the NES was just like, "Word, I have a Casio, and I'm going to make fucking." masterpieces mm -hmm. with this like so so good so good yeah it was interesting that david wise uh so he did the the battletoads theme uh, music and uh there's a video of him talking about composing it and the process of composing for the the nes and he talks about that like yeah it's basically you're you're just writing these routines that send calls to the you know the, the different sounds so you're basically writing a glorified doorbell and put right. it in the game. <laughs> I, I do know, like, and I, that's why I like stuff like this, especially like the stuff that we just went over with Mario 2. I remember being in high school and being in band, and one of, uh, one of my friends had pitched to the band director about doing a, uh, like, by doing, like, a routine that is based off of video game music. And the demissive answer that the band director gave was like, oh, well, they're just too simplistic. How can you do these loops? Because a lot of people think, like, when you think of game music, you think of, like, a two- or three-second loop. But, like, like you guys, or we, like, we have shown, and, like, we know, like, now it's like, no, a lot of these composers actually did full music that you have to pay attention to. Like, if you're looking for the jingle or the hook, yeah, you're going to get this small little loop, but there's actually full composition that are so detailed and layered that you could find yeah. underneath it. It's just well, uh, I think that started with sixteen bit. Like so, listeners, you may have, may or may not notice we sometimes put there's backing tracks behind us, and like yeah. I have come over the years to realize like there are very few NES type games that 
last that long because they do mm-hmm. they loop too too quickly and it's like SNES though is that sweet spot it's like yeah you, you start to get some yeah. nice composition Looking you have more memory to work with soundtracks on YouTube it's like oh man I love this game soundtrack oh it's eight minutes long total the entire soundtrack really yeah. okay okay yeah <laughs> and then Tim Wise would be like oh cool I got Silver Surfer hold on let me just put a whole ass song in yeah. oh that wasn't Tim Wise that was <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, uh, Tim sorry, Fallen David, David. Devolves, fall, right? fallen, fallen. Yeah. yeah, one of the fallens. There's what a couple composer fallens, aren't there? Uh, they like were brothers. brothers. Yeah. yeah, but, t- but yeah. Tim is the one that if you just look up Tim Fallen music, that's mm. yeah. that's all the good stuff. All right. Well, that has been our top five. Hope you had as much fun as we did. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Two comedies that couldn't be different. Kind of odd to enjoy together, but one of them is the highest gro- one of the highest grossing movies of the year behind E.T., I think. 48 Hours and... Tootsie, which I had never seen. I had really? thought I had seen it. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I just I, I okay. thought I remembered it airing on cable all the time, and then watching it, like I definitely didn't see this. Not, that not was Juana Man. Juana Man. Juana Man. Or Mrs. Down. Superior film. Let's be let's be real here. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was fun. It's like there's a bunch of movies from '82 that we definitely should talk about, and it's like the. Uh, and instead, we're going with the number one highest grossing comedy of the year and the number three highest grossing comedy of the year because and, I refuse to talk about number two. Because oh, now it's I'm Porky's. 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 Porky's does surprisingly well. Is the fifth highest grossing film of 1982 above Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Yes. Talk about a movie that's wow. aged like milk. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our final segment where we're just going to dive at top speed without delays into that segment that we like to call. Dead Space Remake is wonderful. Uh, is yeah. it like that's yes, it's real good. It's, yeah, I mean, I've been waiting to see what you guys said on the show. Um, obviously, I'm curious, but there's a whole lot of stuff competing for my attention this week. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was the best time to go for the. F- Can you call it a full price remake? Yeah, how nice? It, how nice was that one or two weeks where we didn't have just a shitload of new releases? By yeah, the way, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's stressing me out already, and it's just mm-hmm. fucking February. What is wrong? So yeah. many games uh, already. Yeah, <laughs> Dead Space Remake, I've seen people describing it as the definitive way to play this. Um, 
I, mm. from what I've played so far, yeah, it definitely feels that way. It feels very modern, very responsive. I mean, Dead Space was really good to begin with. This is a much better looking version of it uh, that plays really great. I, I will say I've been playing on hard. I'm thinking of dropping the difficulty down a little bit, not because I'm having a difficult time, but because it's taking so much ammo to saw the limbs off these fucking <laughs> asshole necromorphs. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, it's getting getting a little bit old. But um, no, it's, it's really cool. It's really fun. Uh, they redesigned some stuff. You get to see Isaac's face right at the beginning, which mm. is jarring. I don't think initially... You, you got to see it, like, maybe at the end of the game and, and then a lot in 2 and 3. But mm-hmm. Yeah. My question is, uh, having not played this, does Isaac talk in the remaster? Oh, yeah, he talks. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I just, like, I, I do think, like, Silent Isaac is kind of my favorite mm-hmm. Isaac of just, like, because it, 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 it allows you to put yourself into being on that space station when mm. aliens came out of nowhere, so I I, I don't know I, I don't know that we'll keep the immersion um, or or break it from me of like like because when, when you went from like one to two it became less scary because Isaac was a character and mm-hmm. you're not you're not imprinting yourself into this scenario um, so I wonder if it keeps the same fear like factor um, with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. With Joe Rogan, <laughs> um, fear is not a factor for me. But if you uh, like, if it keeps that same fear factor with it, with you like having that tangible, like look away of like, well, this is actually a person that if something bad happens to him, cool, I'm not Isaac, as opposed to like being like, oh, yeah, I'm stuck on this elevator with this big xenomorph, you know, or I mean, necromorph. I mean, I I will say I don't really find it too scary, but I didn't find it that scary to begin with, like the original. Mm. Um, you know, it, it is really just like, it, to me, it's more of an action game, but with an with atmosphere, but an that, atmospheric action. Yeah, game. Yeah. an atmospheric. it's, it's more like Resident Evil, you know, Res, I, it's Resident I, Evil in space. I recall the, well, similar to a lot of Resident Evil games, the first hour or two was pretty scary and stressful to me, but then it, it became an action game. And I, yeah, the, I, I do remember being scared that kind of. Uh, hesitant to go down a hallway the first you know mm-hmm. few hours of that game, but after that, it, yeah, it's just yeah. an action well, game. Well, it's... also, yeah, the, the fact that like even near the beginning of the game, you can kick the ass of a lot of stuff. You can just straight up punch things to death. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I've done that a few times, but like, I, I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm a little jaded about the 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 vocabulary of horror games, where it's just like. Oh no, the lights went out and now they're flickering in the distance. I wonder if that's where the monster's going to come from. But, you know, it's Dead Space, so there's, like, there, there's all these vents all over the place that the monsters will jump out of, not randomly, but, like, you're never entirely sure, is this one safe? Is a monster going to come out of this? Um, and even if you break them open, you won't know until the monsters are scripted to show up. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that That's sounding kind of negative, but I really am mm. having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those weird things. Like I've been wanting to replay this for a couple of years, and it's been sitting there. I believe it's on Game Pass. It is um, on Game Pass. It's part of EA EA Play. Yeah, yeah, but it also means it will eventually be on Game Pass in like five months. So eh, I don't know if I'm going to jump right away. I, I mm. didn't hear a ton of hype outside of uh, some some positive things from you. I like Matt saying wanting to play, I want to play Dead Space the way I remember it, not what it looks like. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's, that's what this is. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. 
that's that to me is the sign of a successful remaster because even yeah sometimes uh, there should almost be a designation between like this is just an up remaster versus a complete rebuild and this one is is a rebuild yeah it's, yeah it's, it's, not a complete yeah. one like you know if you know the levels you'll find a lot of familiarity but uh like some of the characters are different some of the story bits are a little different um yeah so it's it's really cool dead space a remake uh it it justifies its 60 dollar price tag so far i'll say that um i i was slightly disappointed because i got on on ps5 and i had read it's like oh no it'll it'll use like the tension triggers and everything with the dual sense and it's like yeah this feels like the same way other games utilize dual sense maybe there's stuff i'll get later on that kind of brings that more into play but i haven't felt it yet so um that's cool. Uh, another before we move on to the the stealth release from last week, uh, Goldeneye 007 did come out oh! on bum, 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 Xbox bum, bum. and Switch. Uh, I think Xbox has the online functionality. I, I know there's no. like, yeah, each one I, has wait, something no. cool. No, wait, it's I the other it's... way around. Switch is the yeah. multiplayer only. Oh, okay. yeah, domain. Which hmm. I'm not doing that <laughs> anyway. I just want to go through the single player again. I want to uh, read. I want to read one of my tweets, one of my classic, <laughs> oh, classic no, TL tweets. Oh no! Uh, we got to get a sound a, effect for this. <laughs> uh, this is a classic TL, uh, TL tweet. Uh, Goldeneye was never great. You just enjoyed playing video games with your friends. You are and incorrect. If, if, yeah, that's. If, yeah. that's yeah. I, and I, I hated playing publicly. video games with my friends. <laughs> Fuck I you. called you out publicly. That is that is absolutely incorrect. You're doing the same thing that you do to Mario 64. I'm not. I'm not. You are. You are. Because what, what is... you're failing to do, and by the way, I'm a guy on record. Now, yes, trying to play Goldeneye, it's not a good game. I don't like it. The industry passed it by. I but disagree. The, but for the time, uh-huh. and, and that's fine, you know, I get it, but I, this is just my opinion, but for the time, it was an excellent video game doing something no other shooter was doing on console. It was an excellent console shooter because PC was its whole other thing with the dooms and all that and the quakes. And it's like, I got a generation into didn't, shooters that yeah. didn't do that by being not a good game. Hmm. But, I mean- but, but yes, but it, it became sort of a bad game in my opinion very quickly. Like the industry quickly caught up, passed it right. by. By the time you got to Halo, it's like, yeah, GoldenEye is not good anymore. So going, trying to go back to that game. Yeah, you can now say by today's standards it's a bad game. But I, just like with Mario 64, I think what you, you often fail to do is like just at least say, hey, for the time it was a good game, it's no longer good. I don't, right? I don't think it's bad by today's standards. Well, I think, I think Michael and I are talking about the single player. The single player I played a ton of when there was no one mm-hmm. around. I have mm-hmm. mad nostalgia for that music and those characters and those moments. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But here, here, the, I, I don't know about the Switch version. I did read somebody's tweets about... Like, here's how to play with twin sticks on Switch. And it's like, that sounds like a pain. But the yeah. Xbox version has that stuff ready to go. Like, it, it just feels like a normal FPS with the controller. And that's great. Um, I, I think it, it controls really well on Xbox. I'm still kind of impressed by something that set it apart that other shooters still don't really do. Is that difficulty is tied to mission complexity. If you're playing on easy... You can just storm through a level, kill a bunch oh. of guys. It, it just in the first dam level, you, you just storm through, kill a bunch of guys, and bungee jump off the dam. You're done. It's very quick. Um, if you're playing on Agent or Double O Agent, you will have additional things like you have to find this terminal to plant a modem on. You have to go into these tunnels and 
uh, find this thing and, and download this data. And so it's, it's a little more involving and it lets you see more of the game that you could easily miss if you were just trying to stomp through. Um, so, and, and I think, I think it still holds up. I'm not sure if like, if somebody who's used to call of duty is going to come to this and enjoy it. But, uh, if you had nostalgia, I don't think you're going to be sitting there going, wow, this is shit. I was wrong to like this. This is really aged poorly. That's why I think it's, it's the perfect game for the game pass and switch online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to put any money into it. If you care, you'll care. Uh, I'm not trying to sway a new generation into playing Goldeneye. I'm not trying to sway a new generation into doing anything but voting. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I did see. I forget which publication they were with. It was one of one of the bigger ones. Like, uh, yeah, it was a games journalist kind of saying, "Yeah, I I really don't have a good solution for how to approach a review for a game like this." You know, because mm-hmm. he was he was saying like, "Do you review it through the nostalgic lens and say, yeah, you know, if, if you experienced it the first time, it's going to check those boxes.'" Or do you just disregard all that, review it by today's standards? Because he's like, yeah, by today's standards, I would tear this game apart, you know? And, and it's like, yeah, I don't I don't envy people who have to try to review games. Yeah. I, I don't know that you should review games like that. It's just kind of like, I, yeah, just say it came out, you know? With, with DuckTales Remastered, because, like, it, all that game could do is remake the NES game, like, mm-hmm. beat for beat. It could read, but it had to play the same, and, like, the reviews were like, this hasn't evolved very much. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's... It's not supposed to. It's it. It is what it is. Well, I think in terms of reviewing it, like you know, nobody's expecting this to be Halo Infinite. Sure. Uh, so what you're reviewing is is does this hold up? Uh, is this a good port? Is this a good translation of the experience? And will newcomers find something to like here, even if it's not up to modern standards? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's a good approach. I, mm-hmm. You know, some people might disagree with with some of those approaches, but I, I think those. That's probably how I would do it. Just and like, I think, you know. and I think no. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would say like my my flippant nature on this and Mario sixty four is also like it is skewed of like I'm not judging this like is Goldeneye the worst shooter I've ever played? No, it's not even the worst shooter I've played in the last like. Three months. Um, I think it's. I think like ultimately it is fine. I do think there is a a reason to look at this game. Not only like you said. Not only specifically like looking at it for what it did as important. But I do think there is like love. There is like level ingenuity, especially at that time in gaming, that mm-hmm. helped kind of define how to do a first person shooter on games, not just with control aspect uh, aspects. Uh, control like uh, aspect, but also level design aspect. As someone who right. also played Daikatana on the N sixty four, let me let you know. Let me let me tell you what is a worse game. And I I also have fondness for things like Perfect Dark, which yeah, has I'm like Daikatana's kind of bitch. TL, I have to like <laughs> Daikatana. <laughs> so you know what the best uh, first, the secret best version of Daikatana is? The Game Boy mm-hmm. Game Boy uh, Color, Game Boy Color yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. it's actually really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think like. I do think we can't, like you guys said, you can't hold a game. Like when you're doing a review for something like that, you can't say, is it trying to achieve what this game that came out in 2023 is achieving? Mm. You have to look at it of, of, if I'm looking at a game from older lens, what is it, one, trying to achieve? And two, how does that achievement help overall? Because when we're looking at reviews that are older games, we're able to actually see how they have resonated with the gaming industry, right? Like, Mario 64 is the one I always do the joke of, it's a bad game. But, like, if you were to ask me if you review it, like, objectively review it, 
it's a nine because of like the structure and balance and creating what it did for 3D gaming. Not just you took in it back finally. Oh my god! I didn't take it back. <laughs> didn't say it wasn't bad. Just said it was a nine. There's a difference. Um, but that, that's like so you when you look at something like that, I do think they can be reviewed, but you have to understand what you're reviewing and the criteria. It is different than when you're doing a standard console or standard game review that you would do that's coming out now because they are doing different things. Hmm. I'm just kind of amazed that they, this happened at all. That like, yeah, that's, they that's they, the important thing. They worked it out. Yeah. They got a Nintendo game on Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they they they, they got the Bond license in, mm-hmm. and clearly another situation where they can't really go in and fuck with anything because you know, yeah, yeah. That the, the license is what it is. You can't improve it. Uh, really, I, I really hope. And we talked about like this a little bit earlier. I hope this means that we're getting more rare stuff to go back to Nintendo like consoles like I really hope that there is a Banjo 3 hmm. like happening I really I I hate that Banjo's last game is half of a good game that we're that no one no one wants to talk about I want to see Banjo and Kazooie like in another like full on platformer game like I that would make me so happy even if it like like I don't even know if you could do a 3D platformer like that anymore, but I would love for them to like to attempt it. That would be so great. Here's what I think is funny though, because I was I don't see that this version of Goldeneye has like a new Metacritic entry, mm-hmm. but it's still outscoring Goldeneye Reloaded, which was an attempt to like yeah. balance, recalibrate, and modernize the Goldeneye formula, and this still has a better review score. The 64 game, mm-hmm. uh, cute. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, Valiant Hearts Coming Home, the sequel Valiant to Hearts. Valiant Hearts The Great War, is out on mobile devices as a an exclusive for Netflix subscribers. Um, full disclosure, <laughs> I do work for Ubisoft, but my, my opinions here are my own. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, I remember seeing Netflix games on another app, but I thought I dreamed it. <laughs> but uh, but I I searched for it on my iPad and they came up. They are never shown to me. Hmm. Uh, but I, I remember that they have them. I think on either an Android device or a Roku, they feature them pretty prominently. Yeah, they, but I think they surface within the Netflix app if you go and look for games, and then they won't hmm. show up organically in the App Store. But you can search for them and yeah. download them, and then if you, you log in, if you have a Netflix, you can account. click them through the iOS. But they. You know it's some platform rule that, like, because I use primarily iOS devices and an Xbox, and I've never seen these games advertised, and I think there's probably a reason for that. They don't want apps launching their own games, blah, 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 on their platforms, but this opened up, like, a whole new world to me, because all you have to do is log in with your Netflix account, and there's all these dope mobile games. Yeah. And this Shredder's is- Revenge, the mobile version, is, is exclusive through Netflix. Yeah, yeah I, I, I will say, like... I just went and searched for it because Michael's like, hey, you guys should play this thing. It's out now. And it, it's real, you know, if you know the name of the game, search for it in the app store, was able to download it. And it couldn't have been simpler. I just had to have my Netflix login. And, and you know, when you go to boot up the game, it's just like, here, log in with your Netflix thing. It's it's very easy. It's So, yeah, I don't I don't know about any other, like, special apps or anything like that. Mm. It's just like, but, but it is a little unfortunate. You sort of have to know what you're looking for right. for the easiest installation method, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Right, but uh, but this is yeah a follow up to like a I'd say beloved a yeah. game from yeah. eight years ago that that I don't think 
anybody expected a follow-up to. A, a World War One game without much violence, and this one has even less violence. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you actually hurt a hum- do anything that hurts a human being anywhere in this story. I have not yet. Yeah. No, <laughs> but so it is. Um, Happy Black History Month because it's fo- it focuses on the Harlem Hellfighters. It focuses Yay. so uh, Freddie, one of the the characters from the first game, he was a Black American who volunteered with the French Army for revenge uh, on the Germans, and uh, his little brother James volunteers and joins the Harlem Hellfighters. And I learned a bunch of stuff from from playing this yeah. game. I did yeah. not know the Harlem Hellfighters were under the command of the French. That basically the French desperately needed fighters, and the Americans were like, "No, we're going to use these guys only for service and support. Uh, we're, they're, they're never going to see combat." And yeah. so the French said, "No, give them to us. We and will the use French them." French called and like, "Hey, uh, we had this other war, and we're kind of out of men." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, but like under the the French, they were kind of free of segregation and racism, and they were mm. treated with respect. And that's why you see, like, the Harlem Hellfighters wear French helmets. Which mm-hmm. I, I was wondering, like, yeah, why don't they wear, like, the doughboy helmets that we always see in World War One? It's because... That is the uniform of the white oppressor, Michael. Yes. <laughs> you, you, uh, yeah, I mean, Actually, yes. Uh, honestly, like, I mean, if you look at, like, if you literally look at the history, France has done a lot of great things when it comes to... Or not a lot of great things, but has, mm. has treated black people, you know, as people mm-hmm. uh, a lot longer than everyone else. It kind of happens when you, you know, occupy a country yeah. and, and those mean, black people yeah. will take it over. I mean, they, they've, <laughs> they've had their own colonial yeah. problems in the past, but right. yeah, um, gen- generally they, they treat black people better than yeah. they've been treated. It's, it's the reason why James Ball would stay there, right? Don't um, ask about the Muslim immigrants, though. Don't uh, feel yeah, weird yeah, with yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I... I um, yeah, I definitely want to give this. Uh, I I would. I did not know that. That's. I did not know that was the hook of it. Yeah. This is a game that I probably might give to my dad. Uh, who is a uh, who is a uh, former military uh, person who would probably be really into. Yeah, and it's it's very easy to control. The you know it's very very t- intuitive touchscreen controls. There's a lot of like if you played the first game, you have an idea of what to expect. It's a lot of 2D platforming and mostly puzzle solving. And here, like the puzzles and mini games are all kind of they're they're very much geared toward a touch screen. Like what mm-hmm. one of the character there's four characters you play as. There's James uh, George, who's uh, an English fighter pilot. Ernst, who is a German pacifist who's serving aboard a U-boat, and Anna underwater salvaging. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the, his his first level is just this amazing haunting experience where you're like deep sea diving into a wrecked ship, and it's it's really eerie. And then there, Anna, who is a Belgian medic. And so, like, when you're playing as her, there's, like, a lot of, you know, oh, you're rubbing the screen to, to clean wounds, and then you swipe down to, to apply bandages, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, and and it also focuses... I, another thing I didn't know about the Hellfighters is that they played an important part in introducing jazz to the French. And uh, so you get to, you know... You the, play jazz in the game. Yeah, you play jazz <laughs> in the game. The James is a clarinetist. And he may be uh, named after James Europe, who's like the band leader of the Harlem Hellfighters and who was uh, tragically killed a year after coming back from the war by a bandmate who was irate at him and stabbed him with a penknife. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't happen to James in this, just just saying. Mild spoilers. But um, yeah, it's it's very, you know, it, it's it's very 
approachable, easy to play. It it has history lessons. It it's very moving. And uh, again, if you know Valiant Hearts, you know to expect there's going to be some downers toward the end. Uh, mild spoilers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Expect sadness. Um, but uh, I yeah, I recommend it. And it takes about like three to four hours, so it's it's a pretty short experience. Um, play it after a trip to Golden Corral. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, also, Inculinati um, came out in early access, I guess. Um, oh, yes. It's like a, a 2D illuminated manuscript strat- or a tactical game. Right. I, I, I loaded it up and I'm like, this screams not for me, but probably Michael. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with all the medieval art games lately? There have been... It's this and Pentiment. More than ever. Those, yeah, yeah, well, two. Pentiment, there, there was also one I saw in Game Pass that's just about mixing potions together. has the same art style. True. like oh, Potioncraft or something like Potion that. Potioncraft, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah hey, look, uh, we can do a lot of things in Unity now and mm-hmm. make art looks like... Uh, <laughs> somebody... Like somebody um, uh, there's a there's a uh, creator or I think a creator team that's like remaking like the Windsor McKay little Nemo game and it looks like oh, yeah. the Windsor McKay like comic oh, like cool. I mm. I am I'm here for it I get it mm. like it's it's a lot but I want to see these art styles and I'm I'm very here for it uh, I'm just right now I'm in between Fire Emblem so I will probably catch this after I finish Fire Emblem but like hmm. I'm I'm here for a strategy with like little medieval yeah. animals I, I like the the goofiness of it and the conceit the idea is that like oh you're you're playing as a master of living ink and so the inculinati as they're called they mainly just set up these battles against each other with living ink so you have like a little version of yourself that is drawing the other characters that you command into life and the the object is to you know, to to kill your equivalent, your your opponent's equivalent little avatar, uh, and so, but you can interact directly with it. Like you can, uh, like you'll see a big hand reach in and like swipe characters around or knock you know knock them off. You can just like smash them with a finger, um, and and there's like FMV bits where like your your character meets up with an opponent and they sit down together and just start scribbling in a book, and it's it's a it's a weird premise but it's enjoyable and kind of silly. It gave me... It looks like Darkest Dungeon-type vibes, almost, with like kind of the way the battles play out or something. Yeah, or it's, 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 like it's very lighthearted, but yeah. But but it's it's like, you know, it's tactics, but it's just kind of two things facing each other. It's mm-hmm. not it's not like right. tactics maneuvering around a board or anything. Yeah, you know? right. It just looked like a lot of reading to me. Hmm. To, uh, to be it, funny. Or just, I mean, to me, it was more about knowing... knowing abilities and which abilities counteract others yeah. or cancel them out and stuff like that. It's like, oh, I but got archers, spearmen, and swordsmen. Yeah, I don't need this explained to me. Let's just go. Come on, come on. <laughs> Can't wait for the uh, Disney Sleeping Beauty's Castle version to come out mm. just using the books from that walkthrough attraction. Chris, oh, wake up. Chris, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I was going to say Disney's uh, uh, Sword and Stone version of it. Mm. Why haven't they done more with Sword and Stone? That is an excellent question. It, because it, it came from an awkward Disney period that they mm. don't really like to acknowledge. It was And also like you don't really want to see a you don't want to see a movie about King Arthur. <laughs> no, it's nobody ever, wants No, to no, yeah. But those never never well. Yeah. I, you I, see a movie actually, about yeah, those Walt. almost never work. There've mm-hmm. been a lot. Yeah. 
but yeah, pretty that? much any any Disney period after Walt died, but before the resurgence in the eighties, they like really don't favorites. talk about the that. Jungle Book yeah. and the Rescuers, and yeah, goddamn Fox and the, and the, the Hound, and I am, I am I am the guy who I am the guy who will defend the Black Cauldron. That movie is fine. You, Why should just, anybody I listen to anything you say when you say <laughs> the Black like Cauldron? Like, really, what? you're going to come through? I, I, I watched I watched Black Cauldron a few years ago, thinking like, oh man, this got a bad rap, and then like. No, it did not. This movie is garbage. It was fine. It the Black fine. Cauldron does sound like a black exploitation fantasy film. You have to. I wish. <laughs> you have to. You have to see the White Cauldron first. Yeah, <laughs> really I mean, get the Black Cauldron. I mean, look, the Black Cauldron. It's not any worse than the Last Unicorn. Like, come on. Dude, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Last Unicorn is a great adaptation of Peter S. Beagle's work. This is Black Hole is a disgrace to Lloyd Alexander's work. What are you talking about? It's, how did uh, we get oh. here from where we were? Um, <laughs> I, uh, but apparently that's how you get me to come alive. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, season, A Letter to the Future is a, a cozy game about trying to document the world as it is before it ends. It, it like the world lives in like these multi-decade cycles called seasons, and every time a season is about to change, it's basically a huge cataclysm that erases your current civilization. So you're going around and like, oh, this is the town I live in, and this is these are the important people that were around, and uh, this is what the like, world was like. And like Game of Thrones of every season was winter. Mm, winter is always coming. Yep. Yep. Kinda. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of slow paced exp- exploration. Look at clues, put together a scrapbook to you know leave for future generations. Uh, sort of depressing and sad at the same time. Um, good week for sad games. Yeah, real good week for sad. It's the games. bicycle game everyone got excited about during yeah. the Sony State of Play. That's yeah. It. yeah. yeah. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants: The Cosmic Shake. Most of what I know about this is that the uh, the collector's edition is like two hundred and fifty dollars from GameStop. That is so weird. Yeah. Does that mean like people who grew up with SpongeBob or have, rich have now, disposable income? I mean, they're, they're people who grew up with SpongeBob are in their early thirties now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's it's time keeps marching on there, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I, I know there are people my age who, you know, at the time they were yeah. They, they were probably quote unquote too old for SpongeBob that are huge fans, so yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But that special edition, it's a little embarrassing. Like for two hundred fifty, two fifty is a bit. Yeah. It's an just an like inflatable a couple, Patrick uh, SpongeBob band cost or uh, the thing the statue. kids like from the yeah. Travis Scott Super Bowl thing. Mm. Hey, I that, that was. I mean, that episode, the fucking the thrill of the fight episode, is a. That's a that's a classic. That is a classic I not, SpongeBob. I have not seen it, and I, I consider myself a SpongeBob fan. It's just that was the most notable thing I remember yeah. it from. That episode, that episode is so fucking rad. I don't know. Um, the, the game actually looks pretty good. I think it's getting you know sevens and sixes, which is about what you'd expect. I, I on mean, Metacritic, I knew so. Nordic was going to take THQ back to its roots, but I didn't know like, yeah, dude, we're doing SpongeBob games. <laughs> yeah, man, like that, <laughs> toy headquarters, man. <laughs> <laughs> More 3D platformers, yes, I'm here for mm-hmm. it. Please give yeah, me yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah. Hope it's good. Age of Empires 2, Definitive Edition on consoles. That's kind of cool. Yes, it is. Uh, Age of Empires, one of my favorite RTSs. What's definitive about it, TL? Um, it is like, I believe it's all the DLC that would have been with the old, or not DLC, what, what, what did we use? Expansions. Expansions. That's expansions. what we used to call expansions. Yeah, yeah. expansions. yeah, so all the expansions for like... Um, 
Age of Empires uh, 2, and I'm playing it on console on my Xbox Series S. Boo! And I didn't think you could do an RTS like actually well Mm. on console. It feels really good to play. So I highly recommend it um, if you... (laughs) I mean, if you're not going to play Civ because you don't like actually building something, nerds, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just want to do a battle simulator, like, Age of Empires is kind of that. It's one of the most fun games to just, like, I'm going to pick this unit, and they have these specialized unit and build everything through and make sure you have the right resources. It's just, it's so good. It's so much fun. And I am very nostalgic about it because it reminds me of high school because some uh-huh. some beautiful person decided to put a CD crack on every computer in the high school at Sandalwood in Jacksonville. So our computers had Quake 3 and Age of Empires 2 on every computer, and we could all just land up and play with anyone in the school. Were they they on on Windows? Because I remember, uh, like, I'm a little older than you, Mm. somebody in our 7th grade computer lab hid Qbert in the DOS menu. Like So, like, if you knew how to access Qbert.exe... You could totally launch Qbert. It was great. Nice. So it wasn't. It was on Windows. It was an open app. It, like it was an application, but I don't know if the faculty knew. Of course, that they the, didn't. That the application was there. Uh, I did have somebody uh, back in our um, in our old DOS days when I was in elementary school. Someone put the Mega Man DOS game. Oh, gross! <laughs> thanks, but thing. no thanks. <laughs> and that was that was not great. But also the Ducktales DOS game, which was really great. Okay. Mm. I, I love you, Teal. Did those uh, <laughs> did those only display a screen at a time like that rumored Mario DOS game where it could not scroll the screen? So you got it, the Mega yes. Man jump. Yes. Literally yes. The answer is yes. Uh, the answer awesome. is absolutely. I mean, yes. it would oh, scroll, yeah. but in a very stilted way. Oh, boy. Yeah. I just I just want to see because that's my favorite part of Mega Man games is the jump. Mm-hmm. That midair jump when the screen rolls over for boss battles. Just lot do that mm-hmm. every game, every screen. Also, oh, no. just imagine it's a very amateurish game with like completely redrawn sprites and uh, you know a design that has very little to do with the NES games. Yeah, I just know at the time I'd played a lot of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. I knew how to play Mega Man. I could not get past nope. the first screen. Nope. Nope. I was it's like, "What bad. the fuck is going on?" Um, so yeah. And finally, Power Wash Simulator is coming to PlayStation and Switch. Sweet. So uh, yeah, should I, should I start paying attention to whatever the fuck this is? Power Wash Simulator. Yes, yeah. apparently. The way I described uh, the TL is like, okay, so a lot of those simulator games are like hey go go you, you already have a job but here's a second job that mm-hmm. you're going to call a game like a lot of them are kind of fun at first because it's all about accomplishing micro goals right it, it's it's a bit like yeah I, I got something done the problem with most of those games because like i loved like is it the pc build simulator or whatever yeah, they call yeah, it yeah. like yeah. yeah so like the problem with them though is after a while they do just start to feel like work especially when the levels in this case which are just huge power washing levels they just get too big. There's too much to do. It takes yeah. too long. Well, like like and, the first few levels, like, oh, power wash a motorcycle. Cool. Power wash a van. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. Power wash this backyard where every single surface is covered in grime and needs to be power washed. Yeah. Like, this is too much. And, and there's kind of a puzzle element of like, hey, certain surfaces might require the washing fluid or, or, or a certain nozzle mm-hmm. is going to work better on them. And so there's like... A little bit of brain activity there, but for the most part, it's just kind of like if you if you get a, a strange satisfaction for things like like 
in real life, using a power washer has a nice little satisfying, like, it wow, th- that mm. backyard deck was really grimy and now it's clean. That's there. But, like, after a while, even when you start to power wash your deck, you're like, fuck, I'm just doing a chore. Like, it's still a chore. It's not, you know. Mm-hmm. I like to consider my front step a mildew trap for trick-or-treaters. <laughs> I, yeah. I yeah. want them to fall. I can, I can make TikTok gold out of it. You want to be the beginning of The Last of Us outbreak. You it better be important because it was out. kind of the soonest Final Fantasy content announced from their, their anniversary thing, but whatever. I don't know if the Tomb Raider levels are out yet or not for Power Wash Simulator. Is that thing out? Did we we talked about there's it. Wait, Tomb Raider, there's Tomb Raider level, you, you levels get to, for this? You get to Power Wash Lara Croft's mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can the I throw, fuck? Can I throw <laughs> the janitor in the freezer? If I don't, I don't want it. You can <laughs> yeah, keep it. I need to throw the fucking, uh, not janitor, but the... What the, kind of sad uh, fantasy is that? Butler, yeah. Butler. Oh, I wish it was Laura Croft so I could wash her mansion. <laughs> I wish Laura Croft would pay me to clean her mansion. Yeah. That'd be rad. Oh, 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 oh. Did you order this with extra sausage? I'm just watching. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks like it's out now. So, uh, uh, Tomb Raider You, you want to buy pack. some Lara Croft bath water? I also have Splash Mountain water. If you like. <laughs> <laughs> I touched it. Yeah, the well. amount of people... Not to go back to cartoon stuff. The amount of people who are upset about fucking the song of the south being taken off of that ride mm. it had to be bought no one no one it's gives impossible. a shit about that movie no imp- one that ride could just be the robots from america sings without all the song of the south characters yes. and it would be just as charming. yeah that's like what we talked about though like that 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 ride was mainly an excuse to repurpose america sings totally animatronics yes. yeah. <laughs> it's why the ride's so cool yeah. mm-hmm. one of my favorites and i'm very happy about i was just well, there happy about the and my only thing if i tweet i would have tweeted where the fuck were you cowards when they took the flight of the navigator ship and turned it into a goddamn coke stand mm, where yeah. were you then you didn't care then so here's the thing like none of the other mountains right i think you know the the big rides at disney at the disney parks the mountains are based on a movie and yes i know about man on the mountain with matterhorn fuck the properly off okay i don't care about that shit i'm talking like a disney property i understand you thank thank you but like so none of them are based on a movie except splash mountain so it's like well why not just do what you did with space mountain big thunder just it has its own theme it's the theme is splash mountain that's it that's all you need to do i'm not saying they shouldn't do the tiana reskin or whatever but like if they just wanted to do their own thing that could have been an easy fix as well like i don't know yeah this is I, this is the best new release section we've ever had. <laughs> but, like, I, I, but I agree with I agree with you. Just I lo- Splash Mountain was my favorite ride at Disney World. I couldn't be more excited for a Princess and the Frog to get more exposure. B to people who are young to have any connection to it whatsoever because they won't for fucking Song of the South ever I, again. Everyone who's complained about it, I guarantee you they have not seen Song of the South as much yes, as I it's have. Not, oh, no I, one fucking cares about that. No, I just it's realized really hard to see. Sorry, it's, we got through the whole new releases list and we never actually talked about Hi-Fi Rush. I was waiting for oh, I was like, waiting, I, I, yeah. I thought I might have been distracted. I'm like, did we just miss Hi-Fi yeah, Rush? No, I, I skipped over because I wanted to talk Rush. about GoldenEye yeah. in proximity to Dead Space and then okay, we just yeah. kept going. Uh, no, Hi-Fi Rush Shadow dropped uh, last Wednesday. It was shown yeah. off for the very first time during the Xbox uh, showcase, and they said like it's available tonight. Uh, what? Holy that shit! Was, yeah. um, I think that was one of the more amazing moments in the history of gamedom. That has happened before, but not with I think a game as significant as Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, 
we didn't know it was significant because <laughs> we'd never heard of it before yeah. it dropped, yeah. right? Like, that's what's Yeah, kinda... but usually when that happens, it's like a free app or some shit or, uh, a, a, like, an update to a game or something you think that feels like a freebie. And this is just, like, a full-ass crazy game and one that, having worked in the games press, Hi-Fi Rush, I feel like we would have spent the rest of the year saying, you guys... What's wrong with you consumers? You should buy and play this. And now we don't mm-hmm. have to because everybody's just enjoying it. Yeah. That's on, that's the so cool. key yeah, Game because Pass. it came out on Game Pass. So and, like, okay, and real it's, quick. it's weird pedigree. Let me just say this real quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tango Gameworks, headed yeah. by uh, is it Shinji Mikami? Yeah. yeah, yeah the, yeah, the Resident Mikami, Evil yeah. guy. That company did Evil Within. That company did Ghostwire Tokyo. Now it's doing a whimsical, fun cyberpunk adventure set to music. I had that same feeling I had when playing Horizon. Like, you guys should never make fucking kill zones again. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this but, is, you found you found something new and cool and like, yeah, I really liked. It. But, I, so this I game reminded me a bit. At first, I was like, it looked like, oh, that looks like Sunset Overdrive mixed with a Don Bluth movie. But then when I played it, what it came off more to me is like, oh, this is a Devil May Cry game with yeah. rhythm game mechanics, mm-hmm. like yeah, DMC with rhythm mechanics. It's beautiful, Joe. It's beautiful, Joe, and it makes sense because when Shinji Mikami, like when when he got off of uh, doing, I think uh, I think Dino Crisis is his last, like re- like on that Resident Evil stuff. He started Clover Studio, which is where we get a lot of people from Platinum and everything like that. And like this has a lot of that, like Clover Studios DNA, very expressive, very mm-hmm. cartoony, uh, uh, a, a protagonist that's very fun. Like it is just, it's so. Like when I was playing it, when I saw the demo. Whereas not demo, when I saw the presentation, I was like, "Oh, this is a very cute, fun game." Yep. As I went and played it, I got a lot of the exact same vibes I got the first time I started Beautiful Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why people say it's a. Lo- it feels like a long lost GameCube game. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's same era as Beautiful Joe. Or like I would have, I would have said a Dreamcast game. It feels I got a the, lot feel- like I got the feelings game. I got when I played Psychonauts two. Because one, I didn't mm-hmm. pay for it. <laughs> and, and and two, it's it, it is one of those games that would have struggled endlessly in the marketplace. Yep. That that yeah. now that, that a mass audience can now enjoy because well, it's only what I've heard to finish. It's six hours. I have completed like it. That. It is a it is a six hour game. It is not yeah. very long. It is and they're it charging. Is, it's thirty bucks. Like that's the thing yeah, is is really. for a six hour game you probably can't couldn't charge full price and they're charging thirty bucks if you don't have Game Pass or you know it is on Steam. It is on Steam as well. Yeah. I, I don't want to shit too much on the game because I, I do like it, mm-hmm. but I the discourse about this thing, everyone is just – I think they're so amazed by the shadow drop that it's like – I'm hearing all this talk of like game of the year, amazing and stuff, and it's like it's a very good game. Maybe I'm just not far enough in. I just finished mm-hmm. the Rekka boss battle, which is I think the second kind of substantial boss battle. Like. Mm-hmm. It's not game of the year material to me. Yet. It's very good. You're frustrated not. with is the same thing I'm frustrated with, was frustrated with, and still kind of am because I'm, I'm yeah. only a little further than you. I feel like I get how this works, but I don't feel good at it. And yes. I don't feel like there's a, a proper way to practice. What am I doing wrong? And then I sort of looked and like, unlike DMC, you unlock all your basic ass com- You have to unlock all your basic ass combos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. so you, you, you don't really become a badass until you do that, where you can start changing things up on the reg. That That and, is... So my, my complaint is related to that. So 
because it's a rhythm game, like I'm fine. I'm, I can tap out the rhythm of mm -hmm. the combos and memorize the combos just fine. But what I'm noticing, especially during the boss battles, is like I will be ch just doing a combo and start hitting an enemy, and then they'll dodge mid combo. So, but I will, to, in order to boost the score, I'll be finishing the combo into just thin air Nothing, because yeah. the enemy would have dodged out of the way. And so it's like. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do that, like, make me do these combos to try to chain together my style points and shit like that, don't let the enemy just completely move out of the way of my but combo un after I've started hitting them. Unlocking you know? those other combos will allow you to do stuff with bigger range that right. will compensate yeah. from that. But it's like, yeah. I didn't actually know it was a six-hour game. Now it makes total sense, because if they let you do that from the beginning, it'd be pretty boring, and there'd be nothing else, not a lot yeah. to do yeah. and progress yeah. with, but... It's a great foundation to build on, and shit, like it's got more cachet than it ever would would have had with a fucking six month marketing campaign and a full price sticker. Yeah, yeah I, I'm glad it exists. I do think, like, I really love this game. Right? It is a it, to me, I think it's a very strong contender, but it, it ticks a lot of boxes that I love in these kind of yeah, games. Right? So I, I understand that aspect of it, but I also think, like Chris said, it really does benefit on the fact that we we are not sitting here and waiting and had enough time yeah. to to to, to the, like discriminate like everything that's going on and like distill everything that's happening we are able to just like go and play the game yeah and it got it got thrust to the top of my playlist just by being free and just announced so it was it yeah. feels good sometimes it, games that come out of nowhere sort of have that benefit of like yeah. they don't i mean apex legends was a great example and ea said this they're like yeah we didn't we didn't want to risk the shit people would have talked about this game mm -hmm. before it came out. We just said, hey, the game is good enough. Let's just put it out and let it speak for itself so that people don't have the chance to, hate to say this, but for the discourse to mm -hmm. build up by kind of game video game fans, which a lot of them can be overly I mean, negative before they've even, even played a thing. Have you know? ever gone back and rewatched that third Cloverfield movie after it was stealth announced at the Super Bowl? Like, it'll be out tonight. Oh, fuck, a new Cloverfield movie. And they're like, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. It's the worst of three. But yeah, but not even just being negative, but like you're not putting an expectation on it either. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like when true. you don't have enough time to sit there and think of like, here's what the game could be because you had your hands on the game, right? Like, right. yeah. I, I look at something like Kingdom Hearts, right? Kingdom Hearts 3, a game that I despise. <laughs> but if I, like, if it was announced and then I got to play it, I yeah. probably would have a lot more of a fondness for that game. Sure. Instead, we're, we're only revealing the tangled level through, uh, <laughs> Through social media drops throughout the month of April. Like you're <laughs> so, so my buddy Matt is is one of the PR people for this game, and he was mm -hmm. kind of like, "Hey, he's on Twitter. He's like, I got finally got to do what I've always wanted to, which was shadow drop a game." But mm -hmm. then, like in the next post, he's like, "But not every game's right for this. Like this mm -hmm. game, it was in, it was sort of the perfect game for it." Because here's the thing: like I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being like, "We should drop more shadow drop more games. Just do that. Forget Absolutely. all these marketing campaigns." And I'm like. You don't understand how the games industry works if you think that. Like, any game that has a physical release that you're trying to sim ship with digital, you can't do a shadow drop with. Because retailers need notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like there, there is yeah just that's like, true. There, there is stuff that has to happen to launch a and, physical game. And retailers that, are kind of bad at keeping secrets, honestly. There's that, too. Yep. There's yeah. things like ESRB registrations and stuff that have to happen. It's like, yeah, this game is perfect because it's it's not a full-price game. Full, not a full length game so it's going to be on game pass it's digital only at least as far as i know i haven't seen any yeah, physical versions it out is, there. yeah it is digital only currently. so yeah, it's man. like it, it is yeah it's a and, and it's a new franchise that they weren't really sure okay what's the reaction going to be like it 
there I do agree there there should be there's more games that probably check those boxes yeah. that maybe should be shadow drops but please don't just say every game should be shadow dropped and you you never need to market games it's like no that's that's really well, not going to work th- but that says game. to me is like that that speaks to a immediate gratification mindset where like I don't want to go yeah. through a painful period where I want a game I just yeah. want it now <laughs> I want you to show it to me and then I have it what it reminds me a little of, it's like the opposite of... So what we're seeing now with The Last of Us is people are once again praising the weekly release model. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, HBO's been doing prestige television right for multiple decades now. Of mm-hmm. like, There's something we said to have an event show that you talk about the next day after it airs versus just binging you know and and it almost kind of makes you wonder like well why why did we all become so fixated and fascinated with binging for so long and now we're realizing like no some shows it does it makes sense to drip feed and it's so it's kind of a similar thing that was like hey some shows might make more sense for binging but some are better to drip feed like it 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 all depends on the thing you're releasing you know Mm -hmm. And also the scope you're releasing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Hi-Fi Flow, uh, Hi-Fi Flow, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, Hi-Fi Flow is a wrestling game. Hi-Fi <laughs> Rush um, uh, is like it's a game that people in our spaces are going to talk about, but like, there is not like a wide appeal game. Like, you yeah, no, no, normies don't know what this game is right now, right? right? Like, yeah, you you couldn't shadow release. Legend of Zelda, because like that would be ridiculous and it would be stupid. Like, you do need to have time to build so you can build expectations, so you can build like the market, sh- like the market ready to go and buy this game. This is a game that they 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 know that most people are going to play this on, ga- on, on Game Pass, but it's good enough where they know people are going to want to spend money to get this. Well, they don't have to, they have Game Pass, but yeah. the word of mouth, like, oh, hey, I have a, I have a, like, I don't have um, a, um, a Steam Deck. I want one because I want to play this on Steam Deck. That sounds fucking rad as shit, actually. Um, yeah. Like, so I, I don't know. I, I really, I really enjoy this game. I I do want to I I probably will go back to it towards the middle of the year and then towards the end of the year to see where it ranks. But I I really enjoyed. Yes, yeah, I think it's got lot. game of the year stank on it so far, and, and for me anyway. And and I will say, on the tip of traditional marketing, it, it actually the uh, the presentation stream it, it, watching a YouTube video of it does not do it justice. So if you have Game Pass, load it up. Like the presentation is amazing. It's it's, it's very very, very well done. It's a very neat. Yeah, I I didn't mean to sound like I didn't like the game. I just for me, it's like I don't get what a lot of the game of the year hype is around the game. I think it's a solid game, and but yet the game I want to keep going back to, and I know we already talked about it, but Fire Emblem Engage is my game of the year so far. That game is so fucking good, dude. It's it's almost like it's never been a better uh, video for video games. That game is really fucking. It's so really good. fucking so good. good. <laughs> it's really good. That's, and I, I think like it's. I think the thing that's uh, kind of unfortunate is I haven't got my hands on Forspoken yet, uh, but I think that game might have just been dead in the water just because of like the times the the spot where it got placed the marketing. In, <laughs> the marketing, yes. Uh, the the spot that it got placed in, and just like. There's some bangers coming out. Like I'm very excited for uh, for Fallen Light um, that comes out later on this year. I, I have uh, a theory about First Book, and I think it'll be like that Final Fantasy game that people didn't like that much last year at first. The the Chaos game, I forget. The oh, name. the, the one with Jack. Stranger of yeah, Paradise. Origin. Yeah, Stranger. 
it'll be wow. like that game where like once you can start getting it for forty dollars or under, because um, it is a seventy dollar game. It's like I think it'll develop a little bit of a cult following because there's there's a lot there to that game, but it's it's it just doesn't come together in the right way to be worth the seventy bucks. But if you pick that game up on forty or thirty, you might be like, hey, this is a really good bad game. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those. I don't think it's a bad game. And it's not a bad game, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a game... I mean, the discourse about that game was not hasn't been great, right. but it's uh, it's a bit messy in spots, but I like it. I, I think it's already said on the show. Okay, like, yeah, I, we, I we have already said on the show, so we should move yeah, on. Because yeah, yeah. uh, like we still have to talk about news. We recorded before the, we got to get the name right, Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct, uh, January 2023. Um, and I hesitate to say, to say everything that was announced during that show, because I don't really think like anything was announced. It was like five announced. or six games, yeah. I thought. Well, it was yeah. like, One of them is out now. But the thing is, I don't know that things were announced other than Hi-Fi Rush. Everything mm. else was kind of like, here's an update on this game you know yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like Redfall coming in May, they showed off more of that. Uh, Minecraft Legends got a date that's coming in April. They showed off more of that. Forza Motorsport, you got to see more of that in action. They confirmed, like, eh, we're going to have this many locations. It looks just as beautiful as you would imagine it looks. They had warned us a little bit about this one. Like, I think there's a reason they said, hey, you're not going to see Starfield here. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. st- th- this show very much felt like, boy, they really should have had Starfield to, to, to complement yeah. the rest of the stuff they showed off. But I think Hi-Fi Rush ended up being the highlight for Phil. Yeah, for sure. that was such a surprise. You know? I, I also, I I don't mind smaller uh, directs like this um, where you might have, like, one surprise instead of, like, oh, and here's the thing you're waiting for. Because, like, eventually... There are, we are going to get the Starfield. Hey, we're going to talk about this game a lot, and that's going to be a thing where it's going to be an hour of us just like over minutia that may or may not want to see. But I, I do think like the smaller stealth releases that have a little bit more of a focused look at stuff, like as a marketing tool, I think that works a lot better, especially if we are looking at like. I'm not sure if this is in further news, but looking at like the big three not going to E3 and stuff like that, like oh, this yeah. <laughs> this direct, in there, but yeah, uh, yeah, this direct, uh, this direct consumer marketing where it's like, hey, we don't need to show you all these big things. We just need to give you small incremental like uh, updates and things that we're doing so that you can be you know excited because you guys are the enthusiasts for it. So I, I think that works a lot better than if they were like, and here's Starfield, and here's Bethesda's new project that's not even like two years out. Like I, 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 I like this. I like this as a more contained way of looking at yeah, what's I, I coming don't think out. It, I don't think it works as well as some of those if you're wanting to generate a ton of hype and buzz. Like the, the reaction of this show felt middling at best, you know. But um, right, but everything, I, everything. Every game being announced, building on the announcement of other games, makes everything seem more important. And the, your way, TL, puts a lot of pressure on people like us who do podcasts and try and talk about new <laughs> games. For <laughs> like, we got to do the lion's share of recommending here. Come on, yeah. hey, yeah. 
That's that's what it hey, is, yeah. baby. Our, our jobs are very tough. We have to recommend video games to people. Buy who an ad. ad is all I'm saying. <laughs> Buy an ad. <laughs> well, speaking of recommending games, that's a nice segue to the next thing, which isn't like news as much as like, I don't know why they did this, but IGN posted an opinion piece explaining why most of their review scores for games end up being around a seven or above, which is, um, so it, it got a lot of negative reaction on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know what they were expecting there, (laughs) but like, it is actually something that I think we have said, well, we've sort of said it in a a similar thing on this show before, which is like a lot of the games that we talk about, like if, if they're, if they're doing enough to be on our radar, they're either being produced by big publishers with big developers and have enough money behind them to to kind of we know should theoretically meet some minimum quality bar, right? right. And then plus they the publishers then believe in them enough to kind of have marketing campaigns to push these things. Because part of that is you're having people play test the game, and so you've if you're putting a game to market, you, you know you kind of know it's going to be above some minimum quality yep. threshold, at least from the major publishers, and that's sort of and what we've said on the show is like there's very few like terrible games that make it that far that are coming from right. the major studio system, let's call it right, um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of borrow a term from the movie industry. Yeah, a AAA game getting a, a five is like outlandish at this point. That's why that, mm. that Gotham Knights thing felt like such a fiasco because that studio has never produced anything that's been given a score like that. And I think a lot of people reacted to like, well, why do you have a 10-point scale at all if you're not going to use the first five points? And it's like, well, they have. They've, they've given some games fives and below. <laughs> it, it, it is rare, but for all those reasons mentioned, you know, like, yeah, it, it makes sense. But to me, it, it's one of the reasons like I... Roger Ebert had a one-star review, but it, he didn't give it to a lot of movies. Because most movies yeah. that make it into his eyeballs are good enough to be two or better. Or or aren't... No one's talking about them. They're not buzzworthy enough for him to actually cover, right? Because right. the other thing, part of the IGN story is like, yeah, for a game to make it on our radar, like, we kind of, you know, if it isn't... If we aren't already... No, if it doesn't have a pedigree of the developer, publisher, or whatever, for us to, to kind of say, oh, that's going to be a big thing, they monitor their site traffic, right? So if no one's talking about a game, they're not going to cover it. And I know that's not great for a lot of indie games or whatever, but it, it sort of makes sense when you think about it. Like, okay, yeah, these are games that sort of have some hype for enough for you to hear about it to say yeah. we should probably review this thing. Right? Well, the the thing the other thing is like with these. You know, why Why is every game so high up on the scale? Why don't you use the, the whole 10 points? And my thinking has always been like, well, I think there's an expectation that's sort of built around the American public school grading system grading where system, 54% yeah. is an F. Uh, yes. Anything above that mm. is, you know, various other grades. So if, you know, if a game gets below a five, that's often seen as punitive. It's like, wow, this must have been really bad. The, the reviewer must have really fucking hated it to it's have given it this score. Yeah, it's catastrophic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and but I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I think the point of having a review scale is not to have 10 points that each, you know, necessarily to have 10 points that you, you use the whole scale and each, each one means something very different. The point is to communicate shorthand what you think the value of the game is to a, a reader and you and the reader have to agree on what that score means. And I think most readers probably come at it with the same expectation that it's like th- grades. So yeah, things tend to yeah. get above, you know, it's, it's a five to 10 scale really. And anything below that is really bad. 
it's one of the reasons, though, I think I prefer sites that do have sort of like a five-star scale. Yeah. But even then, it just translates into a 10-point scale with less yeah. nuance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially yes if you no, use right? half so stars. Like, so, like, three star and above is like, three stars, like, yeah, that's worth me checking out, right? Two star, it doesn't feel as catastrophic as, mm-hmm. like, a five to IGN or something. Like, two stars, like, a lot went wrong. One star feels catastrophic at that yeah. point. I, I always kind of liked Roger Ebert's four-star scale, just mm-hmm. because, like, each of those has a very clear meaning. It's like, this is... Four stars is amazing. Three stars is good. Two stars is mediocre. One star is unwatchable. Then done. I, I would also maintain that people who complain because like the, the 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 whole conceit of the of the whole argument is that when people complain about the star, <laughs> I would say star ratings because wrestling, Dave right? Meltzer, but the yeah, the Meltzer scale, yeah, the which, Meltzer he, scale. He is which is also scale which is y'all want to talk about bullshit? Like yeah. his scale is fucking. He just weird. adds arbitrary half stars <laughs> where he wants to. Uh, it's yeah. it's, it's but, ridiculous. But um, the the thing with like with review scale, the reason why like it it's it's always going to be like pre- like it's going to be like looked at weird by fans is because most fans will never play mm-hmm. a two three one star video game they're just not yeah. not anymore like when we were growing up the that's where the license games would be right like the license mm-hmm. games would be the ones where you'd be like oh well this is shit but you'd play it because your mom thought you like SpongeBob I would argue that no even the license sh- games you have to meet a minimum quality bar. Like they were probably five or six level because it's like, yeah, just to get out the door. So you don't piss off your license or like they did have to meet some minimum quality bar. You right. know, they're like one or a one, two or three is, is truly catastrophic. It's like your, your game may not to get yeah. a one, your game must but, not load. But I think, you know? <laughs> I think also when you have critics who try to use the full 10 point scale, then you get a different kind of fiasco, which is like, Oh, this game is average, so I gave it a five, and everybody freaks out. It's like, what do you mean this game is awful? Like, yeah, the, right, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, fans will dogpile, publishers will be upset. Um, yeah. So yeah. you know that's that's no good either. It, it's one of the reasons Metacritic is such a it's a controversial tool, you know, because a lot of publishers, a lot of developers do use Metacritic, but it's mm-hmm. like it's met. It's so hard to compare. It's an apples to oranges comparison across websites, right? And it's so hard to try to have a site that's like, yeah, I'm trying to level out and, and adjust for these sites to say, well, what does this score mean? There's there's no great way to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and put for something, by the way, that's so completely subjective to begin with is mm-hmm. a review. Right. Like it's, it's this is yeah. That's why it's important to read reviews. I I know it's much yes, easier just read it to just fall back on scores. I I will admit that's the first thing I always look at. And a lot of the time, I'll just look at the meta score. But uh, if if you care about a game and you care about why it got a certain score, you need to read the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And and don't go straight to the comments and say, why did you give it this? Because it is explained in about a thousand (laughs) words right above your comment. Also, every game... Does not <laughs> every game I could give Madden? I would never give Madden a ten. Right? Give Madden a ten. I don't think that's a better game than your fucking Martin Scorsese of video games. They're doing right, right. two different things. Yeah, like, please, yeah, yeah. shut Let's... up with the well. Kirby got a ten. They did. They not right. like Kirby, the, like the absolute God scale. Of the scales War. aren't yeah. absolute. You don't. They, that doesn't mean you can yeah. compare with one another. Yeah, yeah. We, we know all that. All right, let's move on. Yeah, please. Let's see. We got. Oh, so 
I'm going to tell you guys what the Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus games for February are, but it's it's mostly meant to be a bridge into the last story about PlayStation Plus, okay? Oh. So, Games with Gold for February kind of continues recent month story we've been talking about. So, For Terrible? the King is uh, the first game that's available, and Guts and oh. Goals is the other oh. game this month. For the what? King, I, at least I've, I've heard of. Um, oh, yeah, Dungeon Siege Tale. <laughs> I got that one. Thank you, thank you. PlayStation Plus games Google for February reference. are kind of bangers. Ollie Ollie World, amazing, great right, game. Wow. Uh, Mafia Definitive Edition, the best wow, version of nice. Mafia. Yeah. Evil Dead, the game. Would been wanting wow, to play that one. Okay. And then uh, this makes perfect sense to catch up on Destiny. They're, they're going to give you Destiny Two Beyond Light, um, so that you're all ready for the new. Was it Lightfall expansion? It is Lightfall. Yes, get them stasis powers, baby. Do I it. mean, I have uh, I have uh, become Destiny filled. I play Destiny at least uh, once a day. I don't know why that game got a hold of me, but it got it's a hold a, of me. It's a wonderful game. Uh, so once again, I think it's pretty obvious the two different strategies at play here, right? Like Microsoft's banking on Game Pass. That's mm-hmm. where their better offerings are. PlayStation still with the PlayStation Plus model. But uh, one aspect of PlayStation Plus is is being shuttered, uh, I hate to say. So you guys may recall, I don't know if you were aware of this, if you bought your PS5s, you have access to this thing called the PlayStation Plus Collection, which is like this mini library of games that give you that were like former PlayStation Plus games that you you can download you can claim and download yeah. at any time rather than it just has, the month there it's like a small library of some of the best games on PS4 yeah yeah so mm-hmm. so the games include Bloodborne Days Gone mm-hmm. Detroit Become Human The God of War 2018 Infamous Second Son a, a bunch of great games right um oh. so that is being shuttered. Uh, so in May, those will no longer be available. So you have until May. If you do own a PS5, just go add those to your account. You don't need to download them. You don't need to play them. Just go to the store, mm-hmm. add those to your account. They will be available for you to download and play as long as you remain. There's the key. Remain a PlayStation Plus subscriber. You get access to those. Um, but unfortunately, I, I think, to be honest, one part of the reasoning is like now that PlayStation 5 has been out a while. It has a nice, healthy library. Like, oh, yeah. They kind of don't need to incentivize you anymore to buy a PS5 there's, and with here's some stuff a, to play on your on Kind your of a system. massive apology for like the lack of content for like the first six months to a year of the PS5. I, I think anyway, because like it only reminded me of like the PS Plus on PS Vita. Because when I got my Vita, the PS Plus was just like, you get Uncharted and Final Fantasy Tactics and Gravity Ru- You get, like, all the best games, and, like, it didn't go away after a month. It didn't go away after four months. It didn't go away after six months. It was helping build a library and get people involved in this ecosystem. And the only optimistic, the, the most optimistic thing you'd say here is, like, Sony has a little more confidence in its catalog, or it's, at least its upcoming catalog, yeah. that it doesn't need these mm-hmm. games to buy its platform. I anymore. think the other thing they have is is that the now the multi-tiered PlayStation Plus subscriptions, yeah, right? So totally. this this was available to any PS Plus subscriber even I think it's essential. So it's like if you want to get access to these games, I think they all are in that second tier of PS Plus, the one that's what 15 a month or something like that that's uh mm-hmm. yeah. Always yeah, forget the names, but it's not the premium, the, the extra highest plus tier. extra mm-hmm. extra. I'm I'm sure extra. these will all be part yeah. of extra. Oh, and uh, <laughs> if you have PlayStation Plus extra premium, you get access to Ubisoft Plus Classics, a, a library of uh, Ubisoft games which has yeah. been Far Cry and Tom so, Clancy and Assassin's Creed, so 
to me, that's right. that's probably more the reason behind this decision is they really want to drive people to those higher tiers of PlayStation right. Plus, and yeah, they don't need to apologize anymore. They have a healthy library; systems are available. You know? And that, that that suggests to me that I don't know this year's probably this year probably is going to be better than ever in terms of game releases if they're going to kind of wipe because those games don't have as much value despite being great you know they're 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 little old games they're, they're, all, they're all 1999 games at retail at most yeah. so yeah. and you can find them for a lot less all the time yeah but i mean they're they're out of the third party offerings there's some great games that i love like oh. monster hunter world is in there mortal kombat x resident mm-hmm. evil 7 is in there you know the the uh the definitive edition of final fantasy 15 with all the dlc so go grab that stuff while you can until may because it's going away, just like the news segment, because that is all that's, the news. That's the it's big takeaway, to, to reiterate what Matt said. Down, put it, just redeem it. I don't even know if you have to download yeah. it. I, I think you do need to have a PS5, yeah. like it's not you open do, to yeah, all yeah. PlayStation yeah, Plus subscribers, PS5. but yeah. Steal them games! Go on your PS5, open up the shell, mm-hmm. throw the shell into the sea, punch <laughs> the hard drive, <laughs> then get it. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how you do it. Now you're right. talking about how to transfer your Final Fantasy VII. Do you got a? <laughs> is there is there a CD backslash in there anywhere, TL? Or uh, yes, uh, CD backslash suck it like DX says. <laughs> what you named one of your directories? Suck it, love <laughs> it. <laughs> CD backslash was my porn name. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the community segment which is always the segmenting our community uh, Wait, can I, can I, I told them I'd give them first I hung out with longtime listener and friend Wes uh, LT Humphrey and he was like what? How did you- oh, hi Wes question of the week uh, what, what's dialogue in a game you actually enjoy and he's like please bring up on the show how no one said portal like mm. how did nobody say that that's a good like, point Shut up, man. We're all pressed for one answer. <laughs> We're all allowed to have our own answers. Thinking too. on our feet here. And also, uh, what is it, Portal 2, Wes? So go mm-hmm. fuck yourself. Uh, some <laughs> of us, Wesley, have never played Portal. So. Wow. Wow. Tell me more about well, Mario 64. Yeah, what have, you, what have you played that you enjoy the dialogue? Your taste in? is a lot. Uh, uh, guess with dialogue, um, I actually am a huge sucker for dialogue in game. I guess Madden? if we're talking specifically spoken dialogue, right? Man. Not not written dialogue. Uh, we're talking specifically <laughs> spoken Man. dialogue. Man. Um, I am going to go Boom. with The Walking Dead season one, specifically uh, the yeah. last episode. Um, there's been very few fiction that just like had me gripped. From like the Roman Reigns, the Bloodline storyline. Yes, the yeah, absolutely that. (laughs) But that's not that's that's all. You're better than this, Roman. That's all. That's all action, Matthew. This was just perfect words. Uh, Dave Dave uh, Finroy as um, uh, as Lee is just so good. It just it every time I I just. I had never been so emotionally invested in playing a game that I was like, I cannot leave. I have to see every step of the way. Um, when Telltale does Telltale's thing really well, there's no one better in the business. Did I ever tell you guys my no. Dave Finoy? Like, I found out at, like as we were shipping Remnant that he was one of the voice actors, and I'm like, you guys should have told me that. I could have used that for the marketing, like because I recognized <laughs> him as I was playing it. I'm like, is that Dave Finoy? And they're like, yeah. How do you know who he is? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? How do I know, <laughs> how do you who, he know who he is? <laughs> Fools. All right. Well, on VigiGamePocalypse.com, first answer was Jinjo Fluffer 69. 
who wow. says, uh, for me, the best dialogue in a modern game is... It's actually my maiden name. <laughs> <laughs> best dialogue in a modern game is God of War 2018. It really hit a perfect balance of solid story and respect for the player's time. I loved it so much that I bought the Neil Gaiman Norse mythology book to help flesh out some of the shit that that head was I, talking about. I did the same yeah. in my local library. I, I think I think I listened to the audiobook like just before playing that game. So I think I think I listened to it because you recommended it. To ah, me. Nice. Uh, at the time, I really hoped the industry would take note and move away from the constant drawn out cutscenes. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case, and not even the God of War sequel could avoid bogging itself down with story segment after story segment. Mm. You know, cutscenes are fine. Mm. You just have to learn how to pace yourself in getting to them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're fine. Yeah, but I know what he means. Ragnarok has takes the control out of your hands a lot more than 2018. That's true, yeah. But Ragnarok's story so fucking good. That's I true can't, I can't do this. I love that story <laughs> so much. Okay. It is rad. Mm. Would love to see Richard it. Richard Schiff is Odin. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that's brilliant. Uh, e Hyundai says, "Oh, sorry." I'll say both Left for Dead games. Valve Bill's in general here. is great at making you fall in love with their characters without a single cutscene. The way the levels are paced makes you takes you from bursts of frantic action to brief sections of downtime that they fill with hilarious and sometimes beautiful moments between the already likable characters. This lets you get to know the survivors naturally through gameplay, not forcing you to watch a movie in the middle of your zombie game. I'm not shitting on The Last of Us here, just praising a method of storytelling that is more appropriate to the medium. It can't be easy to tell a story this way because I can't think of a single game that does it all as well as Left 4 Dead 2 or Portal 2, although many have tried. I gotta agree with that because there's really no, no cinematics at all in Left 4 Dead and you just... I remember, like, I played both of those games so much, I remember getting, like, sad once, like, oh, I already heard Ellis say that. Like, because mm. they, they, they talk so much Can while you're playing yeah. and setting shit up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, and, and interesting world building. Yeah. It's just Go like, it's... Dead. Good answer, Yandang. Yeah, it's like the... I always, I always, in my mind, always, like, take, like, Left 4 Dead's, Left 4 Dead's like, dialogue... And it reminds me of like why Zombieland was such a really great film. Yeah. Because it is the thing of like, oh no, people are still going to be people, <laughs> you know, when this, when this tragedy happens and like something like, something like Left 4 Dead is doing a different thing for a different audience. So I understand, but it, it, it's just like, it can't do that. And that's the thing that I would want is to be like, oh. Yeah, it's like we're still people at the end of the day. I, I think Ihande put Last of Us in there to say how much better Left 4 Dead's dialogue is from this week's Last of Us episode. So nuts <laughs> to you, Nick Offerman, well, is from Ihande. Uh, I would argue, though, that the – I think what my answer last week is like the stuff between the cutscenes in The Last of Us yeah. is actually really amazing dialogue. Like just mm. the human moments yeah. and interactions mm-hmm. there. Like, also, this, yeah, this, this last uh, Last of Us was fantastic. I think Nick Offerman yep. deserves uh, several Emmys just for how much he was able to communicate with an expression or with his eyes. Drew uh, a beard. Fantastic. Um, anyway, somebody read Brandon Combs. Uh, Brandon Combs uh, from the official Laser Time community on Facebook uh, says, I was surprised how much I enjoyed the dialogue in Deathloop. I played through it over the Christmas vacation. 
Thanks, Game Pass. And I really enjoyed Colt and Juliana's hmm. uh, interactions at the beginning of each stage. Mm-hmm. This is especially true early on. While Colt mm. was figuring out his past, his relationship with Juliana, and what is Black Reef. Uh, yep. Yeah, that game is a game that I also came into late, and I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, game's good as hell. And, and games that let you talk to the main antagonist are cool as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like games Far Cry you, 4. Yeah. Games that let you... Uh, control the main antagonist is also cool. As Ooh, hell. is that an, is that a top five idea? <laughs> I, I like their relationship just because, like, no, you can't do what I do. God damn it! Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who does this. Uh, the game's rad. It's a rad game. Black History Month. Play that. Yeah, good. It's a good game. <laughs> Chris, uh, read Mike Miley. Oh, Mike Miley says Disco Elysium, hands down, mm. the best dialogue in games. If anything. Uh, just for how excellently written and funny it all is. And that's before you get into how great the delivery is by the voice actors. There's bits of dialogue that have stuck with me for years, either because of how funny or, I guess, the lack of a better word, profound some of it is. Huh. Yeah, and the sheer amount of dialogue yeah. in that game oh, is yeah. fucking insane. Fantastic. Uh, Tyler Watson says, Hades. It's, a, yep. it's just a joy to listen to the characters interact with each other. Over the course of the game, I think my favorite exchange has to be where Dionysus basically tells Zagreus, hey, you should totally tell Orpheus that we're the same dude, like as a goof just to mess with him a bit. So you you do, and poor Orpheus totally buys into it and writes a whole ass song about it. That's when Zag starts to feel bad about it and tries to let Orpheus in on the joke. He flat out doesn't believe him and continues believing the lie. And it's little stuff like that that makes me love this game even more each time. I, I thought about saying that game last week, but it, am I the only one who hit my limit with Hades dialogue? Because <laughs> I played it so much, like 100 uh, hours, and just like, okay, I just want to see more game, please, yeah. more game. I don't know. I I love when Supergiant just gets to do their fun thing. Like, I, yeah. I never got tired of the dialogue. Yeah. As a dude who played through Pyre and looked forward to that song before the final trial, the times you do uh, it, like, fuck uh, yes, give me more... Super giant dialogue, and yeah, Hades was kind of perfect in that regard. Different strokes, different strokes. Also, a good way to celebrate Black, Black History Month. <laughs> okay, just watch. No, don't strokes. watch. Don't watch different strokes. Instead, <laughs> go to the Twitter. Episode. Instead, go to Twitter. Follow Bruce Wayne Brady because his answer to the question of the week was Ratchet Clank series, especially Rift Apart, which I'm currently playing. The dialogue is one of the funniest I've heard in any game. I especially love Zircon Junior's chaotic comments. Voiced by Richard Horowitz of Invader Zim oh, fame, yes. also of Alpha 5 fame. Mm-hmm. Come on, Anthony. Aye, aye, aye. And Hell of a Boss fame. Yes. Uh, at Mangione, Mange One Own, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta Mangione, read this entry because yes. I love it. It's a great answer. Yakuza, like a dragon. Dialogue throughout the game that I never found grating or awkward. It also goes places a lot of games skirt around having conversations about contemporary topics that are handled surprisingly well. You'll love the characters because of the dialogue. I would I would argue that actually a lot of Yakuza games are like that. Like it's secretly I don't know if it's secretly, but Yakuza games have some of the best writing in games yeah. ever that I've ever played. <laughs> like it's really hmm. good stuff. I don't just say that as a Sega employee. No, no, no. I, I, like, either because of the personality of the characters or watching the characters break tradition, like, I'm going to be the best RC slot car racer in the world. <laughs> but there, there's some stuff, like, yeah, some deep stuff in Like a Dragon where it's like, here's this guy who is the head of 
one of these uh, rival faction gangs who you find out like, oh, I had to have plastic surgery to look like this other gang boss in case people went to assassinate that boss. And it's like what it has done to his mental state in his life that he has to live as this other person. It's like, oh, shit, they went there like they. Yeah, they talk, you know, your your companion who's homeless and it's like what, when you discover why he's homeless and, and just yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. It's good stuff. And then they'll have silly, complete, ridiculous moments like RC slot car racing. Yeah, of course. Yes. And you old so-and-so says, opinions may vary on whether certain jokes or the overall sense of humor, he even threw in a U there in parentheses, stand the test of time, uh, but I still enjoy the voice acting and dialogue and Conker's Bad Fur Day, a minor miracle as it's both on an N64 cartridge and a game where voices are done by the developers. I'll say that there's nothing like it, you old so-and-so. <laughs> I... I don't know. I, do, I play that game every once in a while, and the dialogue is just, whoo! Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is that, that that not even the lack of professionalism, but the NES, the, the N64 compression is... Yeah, I, right, I played well, it a little bit off. before the show to see if it had pause music. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's still pretty rough, even, even with the uh, live and reloaded version that they did and That's censored the, ass, the shit yeah. out of, for, literally yeah. censored the shit out of. It's now just the bleep out of. Unbelievable. For, oh, for right. Is the poop, the poop boss is not a shit boss now? Uh, he, 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 well, like, when they swore in the N64 version, a lot of those swears got censored on Xbox for some Xbox. reason, which is yeah. deeply weird. It was very frustrating when I got when I got my Xbox version when I first moved out and I'm like I'm going to play this game on my beautiful Xbox and then all the stuff all the charm was taken yeah. out and I was very upset. I am the great mighty poo and I'm going to throw my beep my at you. It it doesn't hit the same. No. Right. The the shit or the line. I was really disappointed he didn't get to see Conker's titties. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, yep. I really yep. wanted to see I was, I was ready. I was like, I'm at home <laughs> by myself. Let's see them titties. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I sure hope this male funny animal character whips out his titties. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot wait to see this fucking squirrel's titties. Yeah, I can't, can't wait go. to see Conker's Conker's. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Conkers, at Logical Dojo, <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? At, at Logical Dojo says the talk, sh- the talk radio, and interstitial oh, dialogue yeah. in the GTA series. Okay, there's yeah. just so much content that some will, ne- uh, some may never really pay attention to, com- uh, to compared to the iconic soundtracks. I uh, alternatively, Crazy Taxi. Let's go make some crazy money. And take me, take Mister to KFC. <laughs> really bummed. I was, I was listening. I was actually like, couldn't figure out what to listen to. And I just put on like literally the GTA radio stations in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, oh fuck, Patrice O'Neill and uh, Fez Aww. from Ron and Fez, and like, they're both dead. Jesus Christ! Yeah, well, like the, yeah. like this, yeah. the whole duo in this talk bummer. show is, are dead. For me, it's all um, about GTA Three, and it's about America, Laszlo. Like, no, what's it about? It's about hope. America. That's what it got me thinking. Because, like, if there's another GTA, Laszlo's not going to be He's writing it and not yeah. going to be on the radio. So I Won't got a little bummed. Well, they they could hire him to be on the yeah, you know just an hopefully. actor in the game, right? Yeah, I, I think it's important enough to the series that it's worth doing, even if he's not a full-time employee so get on it what was the name of the cult interstitial that was going on the radio like the fucking the um the 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 scientology like that is in uh uh, i think it's grand theft auto 4 yeah Uh, 
I vaguely oh, remember I this, but I can't remember what they're called. Those commercials are some of the greatest commercials because it's just like I don't know if it's like it's, it's not a Stargo. A Stargo is a different it was a different video game, but like it's just like they were just so much fun. I, I Grand Theft Auto Epsilon. is like Epsilon or, and, and yes. Kiflum. Kiflum is the prophet, I think. <laughs> yes, oh, mm-hmm. so great. God, I want to play through Grand Theft Auto Four. In my mind, I actually never want to play that game. Don't make it accessible. I want to think about what do you think they're going to remaster next, huh? Probably, and then people are going to be like, "Oh wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> this maybe didn't work in a in a modern." I setting. mean, that is that is another game I don't think I would bother to play without a remaster or remake of some kind. Yeah, I having played those. Are they re? They're not. They're they're remasters. They were not remakes. Yeah. Those man, hmm. the PS2 was a long time ago. Like yeah. when I played those games, and like those games, I I genuinely love those games. I was just like, I can't, I cannot do this. This hmm. is. I keep I keep telling myself I'm going to fire up. Neither here nor there, but I love that. Like you can buy the trilogy or. PS Plus has Vice City and Game Pass has San Andreas. Right. And I keep threatening, I'm going to fire up Vice City. I'm going to do it. I'm like, nah, I can't. <laughs> you don't want then, it. <laughs> nah, I can't. Because worst case scenario, I love it and I ha- I can't play anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. So, new question of the week. What is your favorite pause or idle music? Just, what did you say, TL? Something that plays just while the game is sitting idle? Yeah, while the game is like in an idle, kind of an idle motion, mm-hmm. something that is played in the background um, that is either, like you said, is either just complimenting like it being stopped or something that is like it should like it's as an ear is an earworm yes. that you're not supposed mm-hmm. to pay attention to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to bring back my answer from the top five. And that is the overall theme i think it's i think it's called athletic one the overall yeah. theme for mario world th- for super mario 3 uh super mario brothers 3 um it is just so like inviting when you hear it you know that this is like you're playing mario 3 you're in the overworld you can't wait to move over and go to the next section it's just mm. it's it's when people say like what is perfect video game music i just point at that and say this this is perfect i don't know what you would change from it i love that i love it so much it's one of my favorite songs just period okay okay here we go i'm gonna play tls oh yeah oh yeah That's fire. Huh. Wait for it to come around. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so much. That little stinger is just so good. It's just. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Love it. I, I have to stick with the Nintendo theme for mine and go with um, the definitive. It's not a game idle music, but boy, it, it sure does make you think of a lot of games. Uh, the Wii Shop music is a classic. Oh, yeah. 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 There's there's very few very few idle music's better. You used to call me on my This is the my, my favorite remix. To... <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the Drake song We Shot Bling. You used to call me on my cell phone. Oh, beautiful. Come on, point it up. Yeah. Call me on my cell phone. So 
good. We all get <laughs> not get sued. How did it not get sued? That's a good remix. <laughs> it's still there on YouTube. Let's see, Chris. Do you want to set yours up real quick? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to throw in two here because I'm going to annoy you. Okay. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Konami poi- pause jingle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I hear a little bit of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Just yeah, because yeah. like very few companies use the same like a uniform pause sound across multiple games. You'll hear that sure. in Ninja Turtles and Contra and. Uh, Life Force, I think. I, 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 I tried to look up a definitive list, but like for at least a dozen games on the NES, that was the sound you'd hear from a... It, to me, for a while, I thought it was just the sound games made when you paused them. Hmm. Um, and But as far as idle music goes, there is only one winner. And that is Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. Mass Effect's ah, menu Galaxy music. Map. Mass Effect's Galaxy, uh, or it's map music. You end up hearing this a lot, uh, especially in Mass Effect 2, and this to me is the most chill, futuristic shit that mm-hmm. I've ever heard in my life. Love. I just I just hear the codex, the, Sol- the Solaris people, or Solarians, people. you're not interested in. <laughs> All right, so let me see if you can find an alien race you are interested in. <laughs> Miranda has a giant ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is the most sci-fi of sci-fi soundtracks. Like, yeah. I couldn't... Yeah couldn't make think of a more sci-fi soundtrack yeah yeah i guess mine is um it's a classic but when i try to rack my head for yeah idle earworms that like i could listen to at length uh i keep coming back around to this The uh, password screen from Mega Man 3. 3. Mm. Doesn't that just sound like something that your like local ice cream man would have like totally <laughs> pirated for oh his fucking God. music going around your neighborhood? Like, I would have been fine. chasing him down the street like a horny cartoon character <laughs> if that was coming out of right. an ice cream truck. Look, we got to get that racist song about the dog. We got to get uh-huh. that one out of yeah. here. Yeah. Put Mega Man 3 <laughs> password select in yeah. there. The kids will love it. Mm-hmm. That song is Turkey in the Straw and nothing else. I won't hear any other earlier lyrics to it. And that's that's a good one because it was kind of like the pause music if like you had to take a break, but you were mm-hmm. going to continue mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. not put in a password, which I always had to do, but you had to go to sleep the next day so, or you had to eat dinner. Heard this a lot, a lot. Megan. Yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. So what is your favorite pause or idle music? Uh let us know and and bring a YouTube link because and we'll 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 play them on next week's show. Um so yeah, go to vidgamepocalypse.com, answer to the comments for episode five hundred and nine, or ping us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And we will read the answers and play the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's cut with some plugs. TL, once again, welcome to The Thing. Tell us more about yes. it. Yes. Uh, yeah, Welcome to The Thing is a podcast that comes out when it comes out. So don't ask me for a frequent <laughs> schedule. We do our shows when we can do our shows. Be happy when we do the episodes. Uh, but it's done by myself, Jared Green, and Emmett Watkins Jr. Uh, we have tremendous guests on. Uh, we've had uh, Khalif Adams. Um, we've had uh, Anthony Abbott. Um, we've had a, a, great, a bunch of great people on the show. 
uh, where we talk about nerd stuff, uh, gaming, culture, and everything like that. I also want to uh, use this time to promote the crawl. Uh, Brandon, uh, 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 Brandon Hess's uh, YouTube channel, which is great. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Brandon is one of my best friends, and there is a there's a there's a video coming up that you guys are going to want to watch. So please uh, lock in, subscribe to uh, the crawl on YouTube. Uh, and do that right away. Nice, nice. Yes. Chris, what else we got? Yeah, uh, patreon.com slash loser time. Uh, <laughs> this week we're talking about, uh, um, that supports all the shows, blah, blah, blah. New episodes of Six Star Wars, some VGA stuff in there, some Superman, Tootsie, 48 Hour stuff, more stuff on the way. Uh, 30, 20, 10 this week, we're, I rediscovered a movie I had no idea was going to be as funny and as good as it was, given how maligned it is, and I can't wait to talk about that. And, and for you guys, it's the 10th anniversary of Fire Emblem Awakening. And I yep. know Fire Emblem has had its fans, but I really think that was like the kickoff to Fire Emblem being a pretty big fucking deal in the States. Awakening. Say. Yeah. yeah, Awakening yeah. literally saved the game. It is hmm. the game that saved the game. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the shortage on like no one could find a physical copy and people were having to use the e-shop and mm-hmm. losing their fucking yeah. minds uh and- it is actually i got my i got my three i got my 3ds when i got my tax return and i happened to find awakening when i wow. got the 3ds mm. wow you might be sitting on some gold there <laughs> um but yes that that was a very fun episode of 30 2010 given some terrible things that we have to talk about but yeah good show uh, I thought it was really funny reading about how many people watched Last of Us, the Last of Us latest episode, or like Dave Chappelle on SNL. If you combine the people who watched all of that combined, none of that compares to the TV movie The Flintstones I Yabba Dabba Do <laughs> that 22 million people watched. <laughs> and it, so it was where like Fred finally marries Wil- Wilma after years of living in wedlock? You're close. Bam Bam and Pebbles <laughs> get married, oh. which they might be brother and sister. They should have checked. They are that. not. It is the Bam Bam. Oh, we're not doing No, this. they're not. We're they're not doing they're this. neighbor we're kids. They grew up. At, yeah, but one of them is adopted. And you don't know what. Yeah, you know but what the- oh, my Christopher, we're not <laughs> doing this. Fred, it was balls deep in your wife. <laughs> you were out there smoking a Winston. He's not but even related to... Pearl necklaces that Bam Bam is not even related to Barney. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, that wouldn't make sense, would it? Wilma didn't get pregnant. Bon, I really saw Wait, are they both adopted? No. Okay. Pebbles is the adopted. actual daughter of... Fred and Wilma. Okay. Bam Bam, because Betty could not have a child, oh. is adopted. What? I, well, what? what? Barney's not out there shooting blanks? I don't know. They couldn't have a <laughs> kid, so life? they adopted They adopted Bam Bam. My f- <laughs> I didn't ask to have this hair of our bear knowledge. I didn't My ask- juice is full of pollywogs. <laughs> I didn't ask to stay up friend. all night and watch Boomerang and know about these things. Man. But I did, and I do. Can you really believe in a god who would make a woman that fine that can't bear children? Good lord. Fred, I'm sterile. Maybe give me your Cocoa Pebbles. Cut a guy a break. <laughs> I, uh, oh, Barney, I my no, semen! I, I do not co-sign on this. Um... Uh, Oh, studios, I do not co-sign this. Like, all. if there's audio obituaries, I want that to be in Michael's. 
<laughs> I am. My name T.L. Foster. I am. I am a fan of Hanna Barbera. Please uh, do not. This does not reflect on me or my or my. Do you uh, think the Hanna Barbera police are going to come down? Yeah, I know. T.L. You are you are angling for like the worst influencer job in history. Like, Somebody <laughs> needs to be an influencer for the hair bear bunch. I'm sorry. <laughs> the hair bear bunch. <laughs> you gonna oh get canceled God. on Twitter for us talking about Hanna Barbera? Uh, <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> you got anything else to plug? Uh, no, uh, certainly just not. Great uh, yeah. All right, this <laughs> just Betty's birth canal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, your title <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell, Betty though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, anyway, well, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Headlong at top wow. speed without delays. Wow. That's peaky. That oh, is peaky.